All right, let's record this thing. All right, audio All level right. good. Hello, everybody. It's been, uh, I don't fucking know. It's been since last year. It's been about five minutes. It's been about five minutes since we posted the last episode. No, it hasn't. It's been like five weeks or so. Because <laughs> um, Ronan I'm left. I'm to make a joke. Yeah, Ronan left to go do shit. Won't be back till February. And then I had, I was like, maybe take a break because Christmas and shit. And then my life imploded. Um, Terribly. So I'm joined by James now. <laughs> That's mm. that's as hey, good of a segue up? I can get into. <laughs> hey, this is James. I'm actually filling in for Ronan. I'll actually try to be a bit more of like a regular coming onto this show. I've been trying to get on for weeks. Yeah, I've been trying to get on. I've been trying to get on for quite a while. But hey, I'm finally here. He's really excited to be on a podcast that's listened to by nuns of people. I don't know. I've shared uh, your podcast with some friends. But since uh, but since I'm on this episode, I'm definitely going to be sharing it because since I get to talk, share all of them. I need your support, <laughs> God damn it! I, 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 I need the ad revenue. I mean, it's about ad revenue. It's about I, people need to listen to this. Like we said, you cannot separate art from product. No, art is a product. If it's not a product, you die. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we didn't live in a capitalist hellhole. We do. I can't uh, fix that. <laughs> the world is filled with a bunch of greedy little bastards, and until that is different, that's what we got to do. So we live in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> All right, James hates Star Wars. Go. No. I don't hate Star Wars. I mean, it. I uh, do. Okay, okay, okay. This. <laughs> That's a realization I've come to. I haven't even seen the last movie, and I've come to the realization that I just don't think Star Wars as a whole is very good. I Did don't... you not watch The Mandalorian? I was liking The Mandalorian. Yeah, and then my the life Mandalorian ended. is fantastic. It's a great, oh yeah, and then your life happens. like, you know what, fuck this. When I you don't see shit from a different anything. perspective, you get to see all, this, all the stuff and how both people on both sides making these arguments are just so full of shit, and it bugs the hell out of me. Because I've been there before. they're both wrong, and they're both right, and they're own right. And they're both full of shit. People saying that Star Wars shouldn't have some big... So the people that like this last one, and I'm saying, including some people that love The Last Jedi, like Movie Bob, are saying, mm. uh, sequels and stuff should don't need a big overlord or someone to have a through line through it. Everything, that's just not how movies are made or should be made. And mm. I counter that with bullshit. It's different if you make a movie, it gets popular, and you go, well, I got an idea for another one. And Mm -hmm. that's a different scenario than, okay, we got the rights, guys. We're going to make three more movies. If that is your initial goal, then maybe at the beginning of that shit, you figure out what your through line for those three movies is going to be, which they didn't do for some reason. There is no figurehead of, uh, of Star Wars at the moment. It's a problem yeah, they've had for a that's while. What, that's what that's what got me kind of like a little bit off on because for the first two, for Force Awakens and Last Jedi, they actually got original trilogy writers to do. They had uh, Lawrence Kasdan and Gary Kurtz to do the scripts, but for uh, Last for Rise of Skywalker, it was just uh, Abrams and Chris Terrio. Which so here's the thing: it's not about them having the original trilogy writers. It's mm. that's not the problem. The problem is they didn't have a through line. Disney didn't know who was going to fucking direct these movies to begin with. Like, they, de- they didn't. For, they jumped into it and had no plan. 
and it's. I wouldn't say they didn't have a plan. No, I mean, J.J. Abrams confirmed it. He confirmed oh, yeah, it at the end of the first one. He uh, actually the second one. They, they they talked about him and Ryan Johnson, and they go like, "We don't have a Kevin Feige. We don't have a guy who oh, well, sees everything." Wasn't that the case of the original trilogy? Because they also didn't have a plan. They just made stuff up as they no. went along. No, so here's the thing, George Lucas. Okay, Lucas talk. <laughs> yeah, no, oh I'm yeah, ready. I might be renaming this podcast as Spectrum Talk because that sounds so much better. Um. Yeah. Um, okay. You're Lucas saying talk George now. Lucas. Okay, George Lucas is an asshole. I do not like George Lucas. I've never liked George Lucas. I don't think he's a bad person, but he's one of those guys that could be a bad bad person very, very quickly because he has problems with pedophilia um, and women in general. Um, did you know that Marion is supposed to be 11 years old in the original Indiana Jones at the behest of George Lucas? Yeah, I, that, I wasn't <clears throat> And then Paramount was like, no. No, Spielberg was like, no. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember Spielberg was like, no. Remember, they made those movies together. <laughs> yeah. Every Good time that George girl. Lucas yes. got to make the movie he wanted, it's a movie that people look back on and go, what the fuck happened? Those two movies mm, are Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The movies that Spielberg got most of the say on, Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. Funny how that worked out, ain't it? I mean, Spielberg was also involved with Crystal Skull. He was involved with all of them, but he only made the fourth one because Lucas had been yelling at him for 20 years and goes, okay, Lucas, we'll make your movie. And in the (laughs) second one, George Lucas wrote that entire thing because he just got through a messy divorce and wanted to make a movie that just shits on women and has a hefty dose of racism for fun. And he's been on the record talking about that. He said, I was not in a good headspace when I made that movie. Yeah, I mean, at least he admits to that, so... He admits to that, but Spielberg was was fine. He was in a fine headspace. Why did he let that shit happen? <laughs> I, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I don't get maybe, it. Maybe it's like... Maybe it's the Spielberg twist of things. Maybe, like, he saw, like, the initial scripts. Like, okay, I'm going to have to make a lot of changes well, to this. And then well, no. we ended up getting the Temple of Doom that we got. No, uh, actually, Spielberg hates Temple of Doom. He's been on a record oh, talking shit. about how much he hates that fucking movie. It's a good thing Ronan isn't here because he would just be yelling at me. I know, it's, his shut up. it's his favorite movie. It's his favorite indie movie. I hate that movie. I hate that movie. I'm I okay with that movie. People be uh, like, honestly. just look past the racism. And I'm like, you could say that about, I don't know, Birth of a Nation. Like, But no, I'm not going to do that. That's a completely that. different topic if you want to say look past Birth of a Nation. Okay. I have studied that movie because of film class. There is actually the first half of that movie is one of like the best anti-war films of its era. And it's like, wow. Oh, yeah, and then doubt. the second half starts. <laughs> it's like fuck black people when you're like, whoa. <laughs> it kind of comes it's out little, of nowhere. It's a weird it's a weird little piece of film history right there. Um one of the highest grossing films of all time. Oh god. That and the director had to convince people that he wasn't racist, so he made, like, the anti-Birth of a Nation movie right after it. And it's like, dude, you could have convinced us if you just didn't make the movie? It's it's Ku Klux Klan what, or what Heroes, see, the movie. See, it's- what, what I see is, like, uh, I would see that as, like, like, a kind of, like, a Robocop or a Starship Trooper sort of thing for the original Birth of a Nation. That's 
sort of that sort of thing. But it's like more I see it no. more as like a odd documentary sort of thing. Honestly, no, Birth of a Nation was made one hundred percent sincerely. Oh God! And the guy had to convince people he wasn't. a Oh, racist. and he was one hundred percent a racist. He just it it the times changed very quickly, and he wasn't <laughs> yeah. getting work because of it because when, they were like, "Aren't you the dude that made that? the Klan movie?" Has to say. Someone has to say that. Oh, I'm totally not a racist, even though I made a racist movie. It was but, in yeah. the fucking teens. Okay. Like it wasn't. The okay, that movie is not is not campy. It is not a uh, parody. It, it's none of that. It is 100 sincere. It ends asking the audience to say the stand up, place their hand over their heart, and say the pledge of fucking allegiance. It was a propaganda piece for the Ku Klux Klan who ran the country at the time. Remember, I'm from the American South. That movie is real. That movie is 100% sincere. The the villain of the movie is, one, a dude in blackface. Oh, that's the worst thing about the movie, is there's not as much blackface as you would think. A lot of black actors are in it. Which is kind of sad. Well, it's all they could get, but at the time it was oddly progressive because they didn't cast black people back then. It's weird. But the villain... Oh, yeah. Without, it's, the, it's the largest cast of black people in the movie, but then it's for a racist picture. I so think it's it still like, has a record in that regard. There's a lot of black God. people in that movie. <laughs> not even not even the good black people. But the like, main uh, characters black in black... Panther I mean, not the main was. character. The main villain's in blackface, and the <laughs> eviler he terror. gets, because he gets progressively more evil, the blacker he gets. <laughs> Oh, God. That movie is sincere. That movie is real. It is sincere. They use the N-word like it's going crazy, which is weird because it's a silent movie. But the reason it is preserved, and there's still a talk about whether or not it should be preserved in film history, or should it just be burned and forgotten, is because that movie invented so much shit when they made it. Tracking shots didn't exist. They were made in that movie. Like... All of these shot, oh, all of these shots that are now seen as just regular ass cinema, were invented in that movie. That guy had the ideas. What if we put a camera on rails? That was invented in that movie. Like everything, everything steady cam. Lot, it always like, makes everything a lot worse. And it's it's hard to do because they're like, we could just get rid of this movie, not forget about it, and, and point to it and go, this is how bad it can be, but not cherish it or preserve it. But at the same time. It's a learning tool. That's why they show it. And they always show it with a a preface going, hey, this is for learning purposes. And also, American history. You're going to learn some shit that's going to be very uncomfortable. And a lot of people walk out by the end of it. They throw their shit in the air and leave. Because that is how vile it is. it's, it, it It is... It's hard to watch... Not because of its content, that's part of it, but because of its sincerity. Like, what if you watched a Holocaust movie from the perspective of the Nazis, and it was pro-Holocaust? That's this movie. Yeah. Which, by the way, was made during the American Holocaust. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That, That is... Don't let's not put Robocop in that and even the same fucking book. 
let alone the same sentence. Uh, I was trying to like view. I was trying to view it as like more of a, like a satirical thing, but since you said nope, like, being so sincere, sincerely, it was like okay, like guess my there goes my comparison. That was made around the same time as the uh, the Tulsa massacre. It was, mm. it was real. It's fucking real, man. I've seen the hoods. I've seen the clan. That shit is real. Um, that was when they were around their biggest and clan membership spiked because of that movie. It was a propaganda film. And if it hadn't been the fact that it was technically a Marvel, we probably would have just burned it, forgotten about it. Yeah. But they invented so much shit. Like, like it, it is the amount of shit that they came up with is stupid in this one movie. Um, and they were the first ones to do it. But no. But half of that movie is about the Civil War. Because it's mm. about the birth of the Klan and how the Klan's are good for America and blah, blah, blah. But half the movie's about the Civil War. Yeah, and it's birth of a nation, huh? <laughs> yes. And it shows, um, I mean, as good as it could for the time, the horrors of war and how evil war is. And it really doesn't pick a side. It, it's 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 like wow okay this is actually kind of moving and then it's like mm, fucking black people and you're like why <laughs> if you cut that movie it has a perfect endpoint halfway through because it's a long ass movie yeah it has a perfect endpoint how long is that movie movie's like three hours long oh um, god even in 1910 standard is way too long uh movies either either back then were either really short or really long there was no middle ground yeah there's no there's no like two hour middle ground because okay. I that one I know I remember watching the original Dracula I was being like astounded by how, how short it was <laughs> three hours and thirteen minutes. Fuck! Even Peter Jackson like would blink. It has a oh Jesus! It has a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I think it's mostly because of the film history status, but yeah, yeah six point four on IMDb. Uh, um. Now, I wonder if it's putting in the, the other movie, the 2016 movie. No, yeah, that birth, the other Birth of a Nation that came out, that nobody saw. That movie was made in 1915. Well, that movie would have been seen if the lead actor and director and writer uh, didn't get accused of raping a bunch of people. That happened right before yeah. the movie came out, so that was fun. That kind of sucks. Yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. I heard it was a very powerful film. About a slave mm-hmm. uprising. So uh, anyways, back 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 to Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, George Lucas. So George Lucas is one of those guys that thinks about the saga before he thinks about the one movie. Because a lot of shit did mm-hmm. change in the making of those movies. Just does yeah, anything. Yeah, I know. I read. I actually did read the Dark Horse comic that actually like went into detail about the really really original script for Star Wars, where Luke was named like Star Killer. Han was like a lizard monster. That sort of thing. But, um, um, fuck. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, when he envisioned this and actually made it the first time, one, he lifted a bunch of it off of, um, Valerian. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, it was a 12 part saga. It was nice. 12 parts. 12. Yeah. I was, I was aware that he had, like, prequels planned and he like i remember like reading interviews that he did in like the 80s like do sequels to uh return of the jedi and he wrote them he actually wrote all these out and there's guys out there there's one of them wrote a book about the reading all 12 
And the reason they started in the middle was because even then, the guy, I remember the guy, he did an interview with Chris Hardwick back when I used to listen to Chris Hardwick podcast before he got outed as an abuser. <laughs> um, uh, he talked about how the first three were by far the worst. They said there was a good story in there, but he didn't have it a lot thought out. Um, it was the three after that were the best to jump into. So that's why I stopped, oh, so started saying, episode four. He's saying like the prequels are better than the original trilogy. However, I believe he said the best ones that he read, the best story that he read was either the trilogy we're currently in or the one that's supposed to come after. See, I think we, he said that part 12 is like the best ending he's ever read to anything. But then George huh. Lucas comes out and is like, well, in my original one, we were going to see what the midichlorians actually were. And it was going to be like, what uh, the fuck? And like, it's about so bugs glad, now. I'm and so it's like, cool. I want to see so it. I'm so glad they cut out midichlorians when it came to the sequel trilogy. Did you hear about what that was supposed to be? No. What was it? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, episode seven. Have you ever seen Osmosis Jones? Oh, I've I watched that cartoon a lot. It's okay, cool. okay. Imagine that, but instead of it being Osmosis Jones, it's a midichlorian. Oh God! That's was going to be his next trilogy. Apparently, there is a war going in, on within all of the bodies of people, and that's what we were going to see. See what the force actually was and bullshit. It in sounds Star Wars, so fucking crazy. <laughs> It would have been a really interesting concept. I want to see it. I want to see it now. <laughs> yeah, it, depend, it depends on execution because intent always ends where ex- oh, execution Oh, begins. it's going to be bad. That's it, why it, I want to see it. It would be terrible. <laughs> it'd be interesting to see, but it'd be terrible. Well, the only reason the first three movies weren't terrible is because he didn't fucking make them. Yeah, exactly. He directed I know, I know. one. He directed one, but everybody else was in, who was involved ended up taking it away from it. Well, George Lucas was more of like a consultant sort of thing. That's what's weird about those is the two directors that came in after didn't do jack shit after those movies. It almost killed yeah, their Evan careers. Kirk, Evan Kirchner and uh, who was the other guy? Who did? Who I was the guy remember. who directed uh, Return of the Jedi? I don't. Remember. I know that's one of the good. And it wasn't. Uh, I think it was Gary Kurtz. Who I don't directed, like. Uh, I don't Return like Return of the Jedi at all. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, problems I have with Return of the Jedi is exactly the same problems I have with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it's kind of interesting how that happened. It's like poetry, yeah, so it rhymes. Uh, it doesn't, you fucking stupid hack. I, <laughs> I never, I've, I've never. No, the reason those movies are actually good is because of his wife. 100%. Yeah, I know. I know his, 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 his wife. wife actually. His first wife actually helped save Star Wars, even in like the editing process. And she, she did also everything. She did three. everything. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was I even directing remember, it. Like I even remember when he said he divorced his wife because he felt like he took she took Star Wars away from him. And then he got mad about it and was like, "I'm yeah, gonna make Indiana Jones." Yeah, that's, that's why. That's why. That's why he divorced his wife after Return of the Jedi. Actually, I think I think the reason Spielberg didn't give a shit about Temple of Doom is because he that's where he met his wife. Uh, that was it. Was love at first sight? They're still together. The <laughs> Indy's love interest is his wife. 
And there's behind oh, the wow. scene, there's behind the scenes footage of like when they'd go cut, and then Spielberg would like run right past Harrison and go to her, and then they would like there's pictures of them like hugging and hanging out and doing really stupid shit while the movie's supposed to be filmed, and it's like oh oh he didn't care, he was in love. <laughs> there's like there's photos of Harrison like really pissed off, and they're over there giggling in the background like high school kids, and it's like aw. They were in a I mean, Harrison it Ford worked. being pissed off. I, I, I would feel the same way as well. Like, I got shit to do. Come on, hurry up. Apparently, he's really easygoing on set. He's just, he doesn't like interviews because it tires him out. Because he's. Oh, he was doing a lot of interviews, though, when, like, uh, Force Awakens came out because his character finally dies. Oh, but he, he changed after that. Dude, there, so when he almost died, he became a different person. He became a real different person because he was all grumpy and shit and he didn't like anybody. And then he crashed that plane into that golf course and all of a sudden he loved Star Wars. And he was going to conventions and shaking people's hands and answering their dumb, stupid questions that he used to just... Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised he was at the 40th uh, anniversary at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, he kind of has to, but he it was actually to... interesting to see, see him actually passionately speak about the original trilogy. He used to just blow off people's questions and be like i don't care or whatever but now and now he will just make jokes and he'll act he'll be like look i'm old and you know i'm fucking a million years old so i don't know i'm it was just a part but it was cool though. <laughs> he's, he's and a it was like, years old, but he still wants to do another indiana jones movie and he I, I, it's come full circle he realized how important it is to people but just hmm. like leonard nimoy did Leonard Nimoy wrote two books. One of them was I'm not Spock, and the other one was Oh, I'm Spock. Like, it was literally, he went through a phase where he hated Star Trek, and then he came back because he saw the joy that it brought. And they all agreed on Wim Shatner being a dick. Like, like, that, <laughs> it was, um... It was kind of, I find it personally amazing that someone as wonderful and great as a human as Leonard Nimoy is would be able to tolerate William Shatner all the way through up until uh, Nimoy's unfortunate death. Oh, that was another thing when, um, ah, oh, damn it, I can't remember his name. Chewie was his fucking name. For who? Chewie, the actor. Uh, uh, Peter Me. Yeah, Peter. Um, he lived in Texas, uh, up near Dallas, or up, uh, yeah, up in that, that I know. Uh, when he died, Harrison showed up. And gave a very impassionate speech and all kinds of stuff and talked about Star Wars. Oh, they've Wars been, and, yeah, they, they've been, I know they've been really close friends for like well over like 40 years. And Peter has never been the grumpy guy. Peter loves no, I, Star Wars. He was Peter, all Peter, about. Peter, Peter me, he was a dude just who had like a heart, actual heart of gold. That some bitch loves Star Wars. Like they were even in Force Awakens. They're like, "Are you sure you want to do this? Like we could we could get someone to replace you." And he's like, "I'm gonna do another one of these motherfuckers if it kills me. I'm gonna do at least one more." And that's where he trained his uh, replacement. Uh, for yeah, the Last Jedi, the new dude. Skywalker. Yeah, the new dude, uh, Junos. And he's, um, he's a great Chewie, but yeah, I, I do miss Peter Mayhew in the suit. But I didn't even know he was sick when he died. I also didn't know he lived in Denton. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's about four hours away, but I didn't think I didn't think he lived there. Um <laughs> just like drove up this. I was like, hey, big fan. I wasn't gonna make a four hour drive. Hell no. Um Denton's <laughs> up there. Remember, Texas is big. Yeah, hey, I, I know, I know. Texas Every, is bigger than your whole country, I think. Yeah, I duh. 
That's not bragging rights. I'm talking about that's how massive the state is. We talk about yeah, making 11-hour drives to go to work, and we're still in the same state. Like, that's 1,100 miles. Good God. Which is what, 2,000 kilometers? Like... Yes, uh, about there. So, yeah. You could travel that distance. You're still not out of Texas. Yeah. Because I believe, like, for dimensions of Singapore, it would be, like, 36, kilo- 36 uh, square kilometers wide or something like that. If you're, I'm not wrong. I, I, only I, I, 36 I, square... Oh, yeah. We're... Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, have, wow. I have to... I have, I have to... <laughs> we're... Yeah, uh, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> holy think, shit. Yeah, There's counties that are bigger than that. Um, Duh. It's as long... It's, a, it's an island, my friend. We're the second largest state. Because of Alaska. Because we had to just oh, take yeah. it from Russia. Um, and those but Inuits anyways, can't let them uh, have anything. Um, but anyways, uh, more about uh, what Lucas had, had stuff planned for Star Wars. Like, I know he, he was submitting in scripts for the sequel trilogy before he sold uh, his whole company to Disney. You know, he still works there. Yeah, he's, he does. He does. Which is weird. <laughs> he still gives input. He still gives a lot of input for the sequel trilogy. I didn't. I didn't realize that until a, a guy. Um, was either on podcast. Or I was reading tweets. He, he he got his dream job after he basically he he did something that he never thought it would work. He just kind of took a shot, and they were like, "Sure." And his mm-hmm. dream job happened to be working at Lucasfilm. Yeah. Did you and, know it was George Lucas's idea to have Luke Skywalker as an outcast after uh, failing to train Jedi? Probably because Luke Skywalker, I don't know if you know this, is 100% just George Lucas's insert character. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of funny because he because Luke uh, would later end up falling in like same position that his uh, his own uh teacher uh uh, ben Kenobi would face in because since he failed to train Anakin Skywalker, he exiled himself. Luke himself failed to train his uh, nephew Ben Solo, and then he exiled himself. I d- uh, but but I don't get everyone being like, "This is a bad ending," or blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "This shit ain't over. This isn't over." <laughs> One, it's only number nine out of what I know was originally twelve parts. This ain't over. And two. Do you really think this is... They're going to take a break. Because they're going to take yeah, a break and figure a... out how to really do this shit. Because apparently they fucked up. I want to see what up. Ryan Johnson has... I want to see what Ryan Johnson has planned next. Because for his own trilogy... I really hope it's like... I, I want it to be Knights of the Old Republic. Well, remember. It won't be called Knights of the Old Republic. That's uh, what we find out. It's called... Oh, God damn it. What they call it? It's not Old Republic. It's... um. Shit. But it should be Old Republic, right? Because they, no, they it's, still it's like, like Ancient the Republic, Republic or something the, like that. The First uh, Republic. The First Republic. Yes. Uh, I like Old Republic better. Because they still mentioned Old Republic in like the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. I know, but reasons. Like there's some bullshit that they can't. Oh, yeah, here's another thing. You know where that Clone War cartoon is so good? Yeah, but... Because it, George Lucas wasn't involved with it, with it because after the first two seasons. Uh, uh, no. It will part. It's because uh, his daughter, his first daughter, wrote it. Oh yeah. 
I mean, we're talking about the series, right? Not the not the Clone Wars movie. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the series. His daughter, which I believe is the daughter of him and that first wife. She wrote it. I mean, I can only watch the Clone Wars series after like season season three onwards. I can't watch the first two seasons because it's so bad. The second season's where it gets good. That's where they introduce that bounty hunter, and then shit goes crazy. That's when that's when like that's like late in season two where it starts to get good, and then from season three onwards it's like pretty pretty like pretty solid. And then we get this new season that's coming soon. That's yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. But plus, but, uh, plus along with like uh, Star Wars Rebels, which I really really love. And then there's that like, other animated you, show. That like, if you if you want like if you want like a really solid deconstruction of Star Wars, uh, much more so than what the last shot I offered, like go watch Rebels. Where I, rebels is like where they really, really like hammer home like how like stupid the tropes in Star Wars are, and there's like there's like hardly any like lightsaber fights. You know, I, I so good, so good. I really think that if they're gonna do another trilogy, I mean, they are. They're gonna do another trilogy. Well, they they're, said they're that they're, they're gonna think trilogy. about doing. It doesn't have to be trilogies. They can either do one movie, or they might make four, or they might do two. All these stories don't have to be told in three parts. And I'm like, good. I mean, I'm talking about like Ryan Johnson's trilogy and see. Oh yeah, he he's gonna do something. But I'm talking about the continuation. I, I still want it. To, I still want it to be Old Republic just to piss off all the like EU fans. I want Kyle Katarn. Oh, oh, that'd be great. I want Kyle Katarn back. Oh, yeah, I don't mean, just don't know I mean, where he'd be. I don't know where you fit him in. I don't know where you fit him and Jan, who have the best relationship out of anyone in all of Star Wars. They are the most supportive fucking couple that I've seen in fiction. Mm. Jan and Kyle are the shit, and I love them. Because they were from which series? I don't remember. Dark I know Forces. Who you're about. Oh, Dark Forces. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. When, so when Jan shows up, so so if you just play Jedi Outcast, you don't know that they're together until probably six hours into that game, and then he kisses her. Oh, uh, so good. Yeah. And then he goes, don't ever leave me like that again, or don't you die on me again. And um, well, I didn't plan to do it the first time. You know, it's like, and you go, oh, they're a couple. Because that was the first time I ever, uh, that I got into it back when I was like 12, was through Jedi Outcast. Mm. And then I, I've since played all the games. They're great. They're a, they're a they're a power couple. They're better than any other romance in this entire fucking saga, because it's yeah, real. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the Star Wars games from like back when LucasArts was a thing was are all like pretty solid. Most of them are, yeah. Most of them are, yeah. But I like, really miss. I really because I like. Uh, I, I think a couple of years ago game, I actually. Right? <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was actually playing uh, Republic Commando, and I was like actually surprised to see how solid the gameplay was and how that was supposed well, to get a sequel, and they canceled it. God damn yeah. it! <laughs> it was supposed to be I Imperial Commando. Was so, it was going to be the sequel. I was so sad. I was so sad when I found out, like, oh, this this game that I actually like just got into is actually like really fun. You know what though? Apparently that wasn't all Disney. Uh, apparently Lucas Arts was on a canceling spree long before they ever thought about being sold. They just would walk in meetings and cancel shit for no reason. Apparently Lucas himself would do it. And they would, the, uh, reading people who would talk about working for them, and it was like, it was either the greatest thing in the world or it was a nightmare, and you would never know. <laughs> and I was like, huh. 
uh, the studio that gave us great Star Wars games and Grim Fandango, all like the fucking <laughs> the fucking uh the Factor Five, the guys that made Rogue Squadron, they kept trying to make another fucking Rogue Rogue game, and George Lucas wouldn't fucking let them. So they had to go make that stupid dragon game for the PS3, and it was terrible. And no. then, and then they were like, "We want to make an HD Rogue." Uh, so originally, they were gonna do a sequel, and they wouldn't let them do it. I'm like, "Well, fuck! What if?" And then they got, "We got it. We're gonna try to pitch this to Nintendo." And they tried, and um, Nintendo thought it was good, but Lucas Arts wouldn't let them do it because it was their license. Then mm-hmm. they got real close. They were going to make a compilation of all three Rogue games that had basically a fourth game attached to it and had all new sections in it that used the motion controls with the lightsaber and stuff, and there's footage of it. It's great, and it was almost to go, and LucasArts canned it at the last second. Because George Lucas saw that he wasn't involved. So now, I don't know if Lucas did that particularly, but LucasArts did. They canceled. They just canceled shit for no reason. It would, have, it would have been like around the time that The Force Unleashed was... Uh, oh, yeah, he right? ruined The Force Unleashed. They're friends. Oh yeah, see, see, that's why. And see, I knew it. I, so uh, that's, yeah. why, that's why. That's why. Because like George Lucas, was like he sees he's not involved. I don't want that coming out because it's not my vision. Oh yeah, not, same thing happened to Battlefront Three. This was all at the same time. Yeah, see, I knew it because George George wanted to do uh, not do like good Star Wars games. He wanted like uh, I want a game where Darth Vader had a pupil that Palpatine didn't know, even though Palpatine would have been able to sense that Vader had a pupil. Also. Palpatine's in that game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Palpatine's in that game. <laughs> well, that's see, that's I, I canon really now. Like Darth Vader did have a pupil. That's canon now. Oh, yeah, Not that guy. Not that guy, but it's this guy in this new game that they've made. Um, in the VR game. It's apparently really good. What VR game would that be? Fuck, it's called... What the fuck is that game called? Uh, it's really good. That's all I know. Was it released within the past couple of years? I think it was released last year. Darth oh, Vader. That's interesting. VR. On the PS4 too? Vader Immortal. Mean... There we go. Oh, Vader Immortal? Yes. Uh, let, me, like, let me check it if it's on like Wikipedia or something. But that's canon because everything released from oh, this yeah, point on it, is it, canon. Yeah, there you are. Uh, Star Wars VR series, so official trailer bundle. Apparently it's great. It's all I've heard. It's on StarWars.com. There, I see it on Wikipedia. I'll look it out on Wikipedia. But, um... Uh, pages I'm missing. Archival links, screenshots, yeah. It's, uh... uh, uh oh, I, yeah, the Star Wars show on on uh, those, on their YouTube actually does confirm it takes place in between Episode 3 and Rogue One. And by extension, uh, Rebels as well. Huh. Well, I knew it was canon because Disney made a decree. Every video game is canon now. If it comes out hmm. after, if we put something out after the buyout, it's canon and it has to be. And they, yeah, that's, they that's, that's build, actually true. That's, that's actually, actually one of the good things that they've done, despite not having a vision for some weird reason. They've done no, this. No, I think I think for expanded universe, they actually do have like a committee. Or they like uh, use it to streamline the new canon. So they have a committee. They don't have a vision. It's weird. Yeah. They don't have a through line. That's why 
JJ talked about it, and he's like, "There's no through line." He's it, and he even talked about why this third movie is so weird. Um, he said that because I had a very different idea of what the second movie was going to be. Um, and he mm. loves the Last Jedi, but Ryan Johnson came into this and was like, "I want to make my Star Wars movie," and didn't really care about a trilogy. So then JJ has to come in going, well, now I have to not oh, only this make... Oh, was a... actually inspired by Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's pretty cool. He says, now I have to make a sequel to not only The Last Jedi, but I have to make a sequel to Force Awakens. So that's why a lot of people have told me this movie feels like two or three movies that is squished into one. And I'm like, that wouldn't have happened if you had one guy going, don't do that. <laughs> Wait, what? David, David S. Goyer wrote this game? What the hell? Oh, no. Well, finally he writes something... Finally, he writes something good. <laughs> oh, he wrote The Dark Knight, too. Um, yeah, I'd say he wrote the draft for Dark Knight, but... Uh, no, no, he wrote The Dark Knight like... Rises. He straight up Ugh. wrote The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I hate Dark Knight Rises. So that's another thing. Christopher Nolan didn't want to do a third movie. Yeah, I know. And he got the, the idea like for it. Perfectly. He got the idea for it while making the second one and had a whole different idea, and then Ledger died. Yeah, but by that they time, wanted to bring the Joker back. But by that time, the wheels were already turning, so he couldn't stop it. And that's why The Dark Knight Rises kind of sucks. Um, you should absolutely have a through line. But it doesn't mean that everything needs to be a trilogy. Or be connected in that way. Which is what I like. They said their new take from now, their new the way they're going about it now is they're going to just if it's a two parter, it's two parter. If it's three parts, three part. If it's four parts, eight parts, whatever, that's how many we'll do. What if it's just like one movie that we make, even if it has the word episode next to it, it they don't have to be trilogies now. Which is good. That's a good thing. And I like that there's books and comics and all of it has weight and shit. Because that was the worst part about the EU is you don't know what the fuck any of that meant. You didn't know if this was gonna matter. Whether Luke or Luke was going to show up. or God, that was so fucking stupid. They didn't give him a different name. They just added more U's. They just, it was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fucking. And then there were those rats that the force couldn't affect them. So they would just put them on their armor. So fucking stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh... And people were mad that Disney got rid of that. <laughs> uh, justifiably so, but... I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad about a few things. I was not mad about most of it. I was like, I want Kyle Katarn. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, I want a Grand Admiral. I want a Grand Admiral Thrawn back, and then I got my wish. I came back. Like, Rebel Season back. 3. Yeah, Rebel Season uh, 3 and 4, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I still want Katarn back. I just don't know where you put them. Yeah, but right now, my biggest wish is like Old Republic to come back because I love Old Republic. Well, technically, Old Republic is still there. That's yeah, a, but that's weird. The, 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 MMO, the MMO is not canon. I mean, it's still maintained by Lucasfilm, but it's not canon. It's still getting DLC, still getting new stories. Yeah. So yeah, that's I know, weird. But it's, not, it's not canon. It's like the only, it's like the last piece of non-canon uh, Star Wars material that's like still persisting on it after the. I this think the Old Republic is still in the air because I don't know what to do with it because it is still persisting. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a like a section of Star Wars that's so ripe for like storytelling. 
And I think whenever we find out about whatever the fuck the first Republic is, that's going to shed some light on it because there's so much I, there. I really, I really hope it's Ryan Johnson that does like Old Republic because I will because I want to see that because I know he would do do it justice, but I also just want to see like people just get mad like, oh man, the man who like ruined the second movie of the new trilogy is going to ruin the, the the Old Republic. Uh. Now, when I say I didn't, uh, I think the Last Jedi is a great movie. I, I won't. Yeah. People, I think it's a great I, movie. I, 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 I got a lot of problems criticisms. with it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But here's but, the thing. It's, it's fine for you to like a movie and have problems with it. All of those movies have horrible, horrible issues. It's weird. <laughs> I've never seen a movie series like that. Nine movies, not one of them is perfect. Not, not, not by perfect, oh, wow. I mean like all of them have huge glaring flaws that are noticeable by everyone. Like, Dude, take like, the MCU. Wrote your so like, death sentence right there. Take the take the Avengers, right? So the Avengers yeah. has plot holes and it's got issues and stuff like that. But the overall movie is so damn good that most people don't notice it. Some people will, some people won't. But most people don't notice it because the movie as a whole works. Star Wars has because, one fucking movie like that. <laughs> Doesn't have woman. Has, it's mostly. It's mostly in the case of the Avengers. I think it helps because it had like what a four or five other movies that came before it, building up to it. But even and, like, even then, the movie by itself has issues. But it's so it works so well that you kind of forget about it. But none of the I Star Wars movies are like that. I think that's mostly due to character writing and how characters interact with each other. Because it because when you like leaving that 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 down the characters to be act off each other then it's kind of like okay maybe the plot doesn't make any sense but I'm enjoying the character moments they are what are driving the film well I like the movies is I like the plots in those I, I, movies Star Wars yeah, but the, actually here's the thing the yeah, prequels have great plots the prequels absolutely have great plots they have a terrible I narrative. I wouldn't there's, say great plots. I say great concepts. There's but, a difference between a yeah, plot there, a really, and a narrative yeah, and yeah, a I story. Know. It has a great plot. The plot is of uh, Palpatine trying to take over the Senate and make the Empire. And it's also about the rise of Darth Vader. Those right there are I pretty re- good. But I think I think the main problem I have, I think this goes back to the first one. If you wanted to like start have a series that's like set during the Clone Wars, set it in the first movie. So it's like, kind of like the original trilogy, uh, rhyming and all that jazz. But and then like uh, appropriately have like the last movie where you see Vader come to full force. But yeah, I, I just don't like how like for some reason we had to see like kid you know, kid Anakin for like the first movie, or why he had and to be Jesus the, for some reason. Yeah, um, like, that's not the harp on the kid at all. This is not harping on the kid. It's just like just the writing is just so bad. Also, why did it have to be racist? Yeah. Why is that <laughs> movie the whole... so racist? Why? <laughs> Out of motto. nowhere! Hey, buddy, I'll give you a good deal. It's like, huh. I can't... Um, does Spielberg know about this? Because that caricature, I don't think that's going to go down well with the Jewish man. Oh, you should watch. You should watch the like making of movie, the making of behind the scenes for the Phantom Menace. It's fucking amazing. Why does Jar Jar sound like a free slave? Jar Jar free elf. And it's written like that in the script. Yeah. It would be one thing if it was like, keep, keep, Omar keep being like, George okay, Trump. I want to do this and being funny. If it was the black actor's choice, cool, but it wasn't. They gave him yeah, a you script. You should like, keep in mind that 
uh, George Lucas only wrote one one draft of each movie of the the prequel trilogy and just submitted it to Fox. My favorite, said, my other okay. favorite part is, is you're like, you think, well, maybe Watto was a mistake. Maybe Jar Jar, he doesn't understand that that's bad. Maybe he just he read him wrote, wrote him like that because he was funny. And no, they wrote to... him, he purposely wrote him like that because he wanted him to be funny because he wanted to have like maybe the prequels series own version of Chewbacca, but he wanted to have him speak. Oh, I know. I know he did it be funny, but maybe he didn't understand why that was bad or something like that. You want to give him so much benefit of the doubt. And no, that's because then, the reason behind Jar Jar's is because his like two year old son came up with the idea of them. And then we get we get to them other sons of bitches. <laughs> so the oh my god that is the most racist shit i've ever seen oh oh that's like oh those are asians that's what they are wow wow we uh, have to put up the reflector shield it's like why why would you do that <laughs> that's, that's like watching like bad dubs on an old godzilla no movie. no the best part is is the whole time i'm thinking i'm watching this i'm like well at least they don't have slanted eyes and then the camera turns around to this one dude that's wearing shades and it's the most slanted most thin eyes i've ever seen on a character <laughs> good lord <laughs> oh wow. my god oh my god and he has the work, and it, and it, and, it, and the, it makes you really want to go into like George Lucas's headspace and think about what the fuck are you doing? And and he has the worst Asian caricature voice of all. Yeah, because it's I, high I, pitched. I, I know. I, it's I know. high, and it's like it's like there's no way. There we is, need to go get that thing down. There is absolutely no way. It was basically like that. Good God! I There's no way this was made sincerely, like, like, or, or um, ignorantly thinking. Well, what's wrong with that? That's not Asians. And it's like George. They can't pronounce their L's or their R's. What the fuck did you do, man? You have them well, dressed in the, these the weird. Thing. Here's the thing. George Lucas like was upset that the original trilogy was taken away from him by more. I'll say more competent writers and directors. So he shut them all out and surrounded himself with the yes men. I just can't. I can't. It's so bad. It's so bad. What was this fucking name that dude like who like said something about so dense density and all that? Fuck. What was his name again? I don't remember. That's how memorable he is. Uh. Oh my god. The ultimate yes man that George hired, George Lucas hired on spot. I have no idea. I just know Sub Sabalba oh, is an Arab stereotype. That's his name, Rick McCullum. <laughs> Fucking Rick McCullum. Uh, Don't even know what he's doing now. Well, you know that it was a bad idea that it didn't go over well, um, because in the next movie, all those people are gone. <laughs> 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 yeah, they, 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 they kind of forget about that. Gone, because apparently episode two was an, was a reaction. He wanted people to come back and not yeah, be mad at uh, him. Yeah, yeah. Episode two, like I'd say, episode two is a bit uh, like a lot worse than episode one because oh, it's, it's mostly it's fan so much worse. But it's, it's not so racist. Bad. So I, I can look at episode one. I can like laugh at how like mediocre it is. But when I watch episode two, I struggle. Episode so two is long, bad. It's the lo it's the longest Star Wars movie where nothing happens until like the last forty five minutes. And then all of a sudden, Episode three comes around. You go, huh? 
That went so bad. Yeah, you know why episode you know why episode three was good? Because Steven Spielberg had enough of his shit. Uh uh That movie, if you put those in a vacuum, you could convince anyone that those are the worst actors on the face of the earth. And then you tell them that's Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor, and I'd go, "What the fuck happened?" And you're like, "I don't know, man." <laughs> it's the script. It's the script. That no, it's the lack of direction. Oh he, yeah, oh, faster and more intense, probably. No, he uh, George Lucas has been on record record that he doesn't direct actors. Oh yeah, he's a, he's not an actor's director, that's for sure. But I'm, I'm no, sure no, no, no. It's worse than director. just that. He just straight up doesn't give them direction. He hands them a script and they have to figure out what to do. Oh yeah, I remember seeing the documentary about making the original Star Wars even then. He doesn't he didn't know what to do. So so the reason a lot of these lines sound like their first reads is because they are. Yeah, there's there's a, like really stilted dialogue and there's it's so bland. Being delivered by you and fucking McGregor who's a great actor. And Natalie Portman. Like what the I f- thought you I actually I did see Ian McGregor in the new Stephen King movie, uh, Doctor Sleep. He's really good in that. He's good in everything. Even in Dr. Star Sleep Wars, he's, he's trying. Because oh, he wants the, to be Obi-Wan Kenobi so movie, fucking bad. Uh, Ian McGregor was in, like, drove me to tears because of how, how great of an actor he is. But, like, that movie has people convinced that Hayden Christensen, Christensen is terrible, and he's not. Hayden he's not Christ- a bad I'm actor. Sure I'm, confident. I'm, I'm confident he's a, he's a good actor. Because but it's just it's, it's the script. Man, did it's you the see direction. the leap between performances in two and three? It's like a different person. It's a different fucking person. Yeah, because somebody actually had enough of George Lucas's chest. I Give think because he went out and was do. like, "Oh, I gotta do something about this." I'm like, <laughs> "Steven Spielberg I, came ruin in my direct. whole career." <laughs> I mean, the only good actor I would say throughout the who's constant against, against like the whole prequel trilogy is still yeah, Palpatine. <laughs> he's, he's clearly hamming it. He's clearly chewing up, like looking at Christmas ham, and he's like. Giving it, playing it straight up as like a hand Probably, if I had to guess, I don't know much about his uh, his work in McDermott, but if I had to guess, he must be a theater he actor. A lot, like, yeah, he he. I know he does like a lot of theater acting in London. Yeah, that'll help. That'll help because a lot of times yeah. you have to act to nothing. But he he loves playing Palpatine. You have Which to love like, playing Palpatine Pal- when you whenever, come back. Whenever Palpatine, yeah, that's why he played Palpatine all the way through, like the Clone Wars cartoon, even in Rebels. It's fun and it's a paycheck. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not, actor, not even so much for the paycheck. He he loves doing it because he loves like knowing fans. Like, it really enjoys performance. Theater actors, we, we you have to put up a lot of bullshit. And yeah. they can do anything because yes, I'm pretty sure he, from the get go he knew what he was he was getting into. So he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna ham it up. I mean, they just know what to do. I mean, look at Jeremy yeah. Irons. Yeah, he just they just go and even if it's like a bad movie, like in uh fucking what movie was that? Not not in Batman v Superman. <laughs> No, um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Assassin's Creed. Uh, Assassin's. Oh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Like, he's the only good thing about the Assassin's Look, Creed movie. I am one. I am one of those crazy people that loves Batman vs Superman, 
and people want to say it's like the worst movie ever or even want to say it's worse than Batman and Robin, which I don't, I don't get how that's even possible. My theory is this. Batman and Robin, honestly. My theory is this. The only reason that people can think that Batman or Superman is worse than Batman and Robin is because Batman and Superman doesn't make you laugh. Because it's too damn serious. And when shit is really serious and depressing, it's harder to forgive it. Mm-hmm. But Batman and Robin is so stupid. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I mean, you know the influence that movie has? We actually do have a bat credit card now. Yeah, but you know how I know none of that was done on purpose and how it yeah. is a total uh, shit show? Just... When everybody well, then... who worked on it goes, we will never do that again. <laughs> but and, I love that movie And so the director much. is like that, crying in bro. interviews because he's so sorry that he made this movie. And he goes... I, I goes, I don't know how I did this. I love Batman so much. I I honestly don't know how I made something so bad. And I'm like, man, dude, okay, it's a bad movie, but he cries in the fucking director commentary. Like, man. But I love, but I love Batman and Robin, and I love Batman Forever too. <laughs> okay, I love Batman Forever. I think Batman Forever is where he got it right. Batman and Robin isn't. Batman and Robin but is poorly paced, it, poorly written, poorly acted. It's pretty damn well shot. I'll give it that. It's, it's gay as fuck, fuck though. <laughs> oh, it's gay. It's super gay. Oh, I know. I know. That's which so, there's a thing going around now that says like the only reason that it wasn't liked is because it was too gay and people couldn't handle with that. Fuck you. Fuck anyone who thinks that. And if you didn't like that movie because it was too gay, go fuck yourself. But <laughs> I don't hate that movie. That 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 to me makes no sense because I am the bisexual. Let me tell you, the gay part might be the best thing about that entire movie. It sure as hell ain't the Batman and Robin part. Or anything else in that movie. That movie's terrible. It is a weird kind of terrible. And people like to say, oh, it's just campy. And I'm like, I'm in the theater. You don't know what camp is. Camp is not something that's done accidentally. Camp is very, very hard to do. It's a Camp is something that's done unintentionally. No, camp is done intentionally. It's not done unintentionally. Camp Sometimes is, it can be done unintentionally. But yeah, I get what you're talking about. So camp, a lot of times, is used as an excuse. It's like, oh, well, it was yeah, supposed to like, be campy. And or, then they like or, they roll their eyes and or, walk like, away. A lot of like the Godzilla movies, there, people will consider them campy. Uh, camp gets used yeah, in I, the wrong way. Because when you go out yeah, and it's actually set to make something campy, it is difficult. <laughs> the the best version of camp that isn't silly but has silliness in it because camp is not silliness camp isn't bad a lot of people because it's camp and bad in the same thing the first superman no, movie that's... first superman movie is campy but so, such a great movie it's campy but do you ever feel that it's not serious there's stakes no. he loses it's, Lois yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a great movie it's a, it's a, it's just the best one Fuck Superman it's, 2. It's a, hey, I love Superman 2. <laughs> I, look, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but for the longest time I was told it's the best Superman movie ever, and I'm like, you're high. You're so high. I mean, I love Superman 2, but I can't put it on the same pedestal as Superman. It would have been the best one ever if they let Richard Donner do it and didn't fire him. Oh, that's why you, you watch the Donner cut. Watch the Donner cut of Superman 2. It's a lot better. And it's still not the Donner cut because they didn't. That's a lot different than like... Even 
people are gonna be mad at me for saying this, but like even the Snyder cut because the Snyder <laughs> cut could be made pretty damn easily because they people think I can get into the whole rigmarole of this, but that's a little bit easier because we have the ability to do it to finish Not Donner's necessarily. To, you no. would have to sink in a lot of money to like get the actors back to finish up like whatever like test reels that they have. Of oh, the here, here's cut. the thing. That movie. Okay, okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. I got, I got, I got to finish actually... my thought. To do okay, the okay. Donner cut, you actually have to refilm the movie. So what they did was they pieced they pieced it together the best they could, because what happened is they fired him halfway through it because he filmed Superman one and two back to back. They fired him, and then the guy they replaced him with refilmed everything, and rewrote everything. Got and they got rid of it. So in order to do the actual Donner cut, you would have to get everybody back, which you can't because two of them are dead. And then you have to, you literally have to remake the entire. Do you movie. See, do you say that as if Marlon Brando is still alive? Dude's been dead for you fucking years. Oh shit, three. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting about Brando. Yeah, three, three are dead. And like the actress, like Ma Ken, is like probably dead as well. Oh well, they didn't really do much. Um, and <laughs> Superman two. Let's just say you got to recast the entire cast of that movie. Yeah, because Superman and Lois Lane are dead. That's gonna be probably the hardest one to to do. Um, Christopher Reeve died years ago, and Margot Kidder died last year. So, um, yeah. No, but like that's a, a little bit more of undertaking even back then. Especially since effects were a lot harder to do than they are now. The Snyder... Okay, so, here's what people don't understand about the Snyder Cut. Because I follow this thing because I'm one of those people that wants to see this damn thing. For better and I'm for worse. I'm curious about it, too. I'm curious about it, too. Better Okay, good. Worse. Let me talk about it because Ronan just... Admittedly, admittedly. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to me when I talk about it for whatever reason I don't get. Um, ben, please go on Okay, so people think that the Snyder Cut... Now, I would love if it was this. Is the original script that Snyder made... It is not. Not entirely. Not entirely true. It is the original vision of what Snyder wanted to do with Justice League, but not. No, it's not. No, it is not. The the actual fucking movie that he wants to release. Because if you actually listen to the guy talk, which no one does for some reason, which by the way, when there was like articles and stuff that went out that said the Snyder cut does not exist, Snyder threw some shade at that because he because he put up an Instagram post that says that literally goes Snyder cut doesn't exist. Oh, really? And it's a picture of the fucking film reels that he owns, that he took. Uh, uh, without a doubt, the obviously the cut, the, that cut of the movie exists. But okay, whether so, or not Warner Brothers wants to inject money into releasing uh, a cut of a movie that didn't perform so well at the box office because it released right next to 4-3. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So it's not the original script. The original script was never filmed. Period. Well, those were probably like drafts and whatnot. The original script that he had to go ahead on never got filmed, never got past. It did never went to principal photography. I've read this script. Then whose script? It is amazing. Then whose script went to principal photography? The script that went to principal photography was his. One of it was a draft of his, uh, and then the guy that did the screenplay was Chris Terrio, the Star Wars guy. Terrio again. Okay. Um, I mean, he was also involved with Batman v Superman, but okay. only for he is a screenwriter. He's not the writer. He's a uh, screenwriter. Yeah. He's basically a copywriter in a way. Um, okay. So he, he, he's not. He, he might put some of his own stuff in, but he is not. He's a screenwriter. There's the writer and the screenwriter. There's actually the guy that writes the story, and there's the dude that translates it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the cut that they, one of the cuts they put, to, now I don't know which version that Snyder actually wants to put out there. Before he was fired, they put together what was called a temp cut and, or a rough cut. And it's basically you put together what is really a long reel and it's to get a sense of what the movie looks like. Mm-hmm. And it was like some five and a half hours long. The movie was not going to be five and a half hours long, but it was like that yeah. because of editing and budget, can, you know, shit this like that. This is like before, before editing, before special effects, before music. Just, um, just like a like a basic. A lot of limited stuff. Yeah. It wasn't a daily, but it was like, here's what we got together. Here's an idea what this movie can look like. Okay. And they basically, ha- like a bit of like a sizzle reel, like it's just, just like a proof of concept. It's a full movie, but yeah, kind of like that. Um. It's a full movie, but it wasn't. It was never going to be five and a half hours long. Uh, Justice League was originally supposed to be way too long. Justice League, however, was originally supposed to be a two-parter. His original yeah, script, part one and part two, part yeah. one and part two. That Batman Superman was also supposed to be part one and part two. Part one's and part two, but, but then they decided to fuse the two movies together, which well, is why it's such well, a one of the reasons mess. I'm so, so on Zack Snyder's side is because I've never seen outside of women and people of color, <laughs> I've never seen a higher a high up there director get so screwed like this because these were all contracts he signed them. this was like the only reason i did this is because they let me want to make this huge epic story over four movies and mm. then they just lied to him and then he got in there and they're like okay well now it's gonna be three movies now it's gonna be two movies now you're fired it's like what the fuck happened they richard donnered him and and they do this a lot uh they went through four directors on wonder woman and uh if it actually wasn't for the fact of Patty Jenkins being a, a tough woman and a great director, Wonder Woman would have been terrible. And another, and they wanted to cut the entire No Man's Land scene out of Wonder Woman, which is like the greatest scene in the entire movie. Um, no, I really wanted, saw that scene in that movie too. I actually quite love that scene. They it's equivalent of the first like first time you see Superman fly, or like when you see the bat signal. Or the first they time wanted you to see cut Superman. the entire scene out. They wanted to cut the entire yeah, sequence and everything. Hearing, I heard about this. I heard about this. And the reason it didn't. It's because Patty Jenkins went looking for help. And the person she found was Zack Snyder, who went, what the fuck? Are you people stupid? And he'll tell you, because he he, he does not mince words. He's not the best at talking to people. He gets flustered easily, um, and he's very excited. Um, He's very, very excitable. And he gets and misquoted. It's reflective, it's reflective in his screenwriting as well because he he he. I know I'll give him this. Like he knows how to he knows how to shoot scenes. But when it comes to God character is he interaction, good at shooting scenes. He yeah. is. Uh, but he he does need. I think he needs a, someone to steady him. Yeah. Especially now, with everything he that's needs happened. His own, like, Lawrence Kasdan to steady himself down. Well, you got to realize like, Zack Snyder pulled off the impossible. That's how he became a name. He remade Dawn of the Dead, and it was good. Oh, that's because he because of his one hand his directing skills, but also because of a script provided by James Gunn. Him and James Gunn made the movie together, but they were given yeah. an impossible task. They were two people that remaking had really no gr- credits. Remaking one of the greatest zombie movies of all time, which is like feeling like a stain on the Holy Grail if it were done wrong, but it was done pretty damn well. I actually quite like the remake of it's Dawn a, of the it's Dead. great. I love it, and it has a, it has its. Movie own style it has its own every it, it is completely separate but it in no way shits on romero and it it is they, yeah, even romero said he quite enjoyed it because it was a different take it was it, it they literally did the impossible and that is a Zack snyder film through and through james gunn wrote it 
but they worked yeah, on it together. Get, I would love you, to you see get, you get a dude from Troma and a guy like a literal nobody that is Zack Snyder to remake the greatest. It was his first movie. movie. Ever. It was Zack Snyder's first yeah. movie. Yeah. Now I was I was still maintain that his best movie. Um. In terms of reviews, probably, but I have a real soft spot for Watchmen. My my uh, problem with I mean, people's criticisms on Watchmen is I think those are criticisms for the actual story and not Zack Snyder, because all of the problems my, that my problem my problem with Watchmen is that he kind of like puts like Rorschach as like the hero of the of the here's the thing of the thing I literally own the book and have read it multiple times. That's how the book is. It is a it is Rorschach focused. And yeah, that, that, Alan that, Moore that, has... By the case of Alan Moore. Yeah, I don't know if you realize this. Alan Moore has a problem at putting, like, fascists as his heroes? <laughs> um, huh. Like, V for Vendetta? You, you know, he's supposed to technically be the hero, but if you actually figure out what he believes, it's not much better. Like... Which is why Alan Moore really hates his older work. Yeah, um, and that that to me stops becoming an excuse when everything you write you just hate. Maybe stop writing, or maybe go to therapy or something and read and, and realize that you got some unresolved issues, especially when it comes to women and people of color. Which is why the new Watchmen series is so fucking good. <laughs> Made by a white guy, I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> Um, someone probably like someone probably read the original comic and it's like, all right, how do we base this like up further? Oh, I know. So the guy from Lost, <laughs> Damon Lindelof. Oh God, Lindelof, him again? Is yeah, he still gonna work. Yes, made <laughs> one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Unless if you want to talk about the ending of Lost, then. yeah, that's why I'm surprised. He and you know how he did it. How he accomplished this achievement with Watchmen? Mm-hmm. He the first thing he did was I'm going to make a, get a writer's room, and these are my requirements. These okay, have to be okay. people the, of color. Writer's room thing. Huh? Have That's to be. Cool. He said it wasn't all people of color. It was about half and half. But I didn't want ass kissers, and I didn't want a bunch of woke white boys, because I'm already one of them. And and the reason he decided to do it because they had been asking him for about five years to make a Watchmen show and he denied it every time. And then he learned about the Tulsa massacre and he goes, I cannot believe that this isn't taught in school. And because of that, he said, he goes, they offered him the Watchmen again and he goes, can I use it to talk about the Tulsa massacre and racism? And they were like, uh, sure. And he was like, done. Very risky to put that on television, but it's HBO, so... That mother... The first episode opens with the Tulsa Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> it, it... It... it. I don't... I honestly don't understand how he did it. Like... And and he loves the original book, but the... And there's an interview with him, with Mark Bernardin, which they did on Kevin Smith's podcast. Um, oh, yeah. Bat- Mark... On Fat Man Beyond. I, I've yeah. heard about this. It's a good podcast. It's great. I love Kevin yeah, Smith. He doesn't always make the best stuff, yeah, but that great, dude is genuine. Great, great, great podcast. Fat Man on Fat Man Beyond. Oh yeah, Fat Man Beyond. It's a, it's a great it's a it's a great great all of his podcasts are good, uh, especially the one where they he does with Jason Muse to keep him 
um, to keep him on the straight and narrow. They're all great. I love Kevin Smith. Yeah. He's a sincere dude. He's a good guy. Kevin Smith is a great dude. Love him. Uh, Mark Bernardin, uh, also a great writer and very, very black, and asked him, mm-hmm. looked Damon Lindelof in the eye, and he goes, I'm going to ask you this without a hint of irony or anger or anything, but what made you think you had the right to write this? And Lindelof answered, I didn't. And I'm like, okay, Lindelof's, Lindelof's the real deal. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened with the loss. This dude, this dude is good. He goes, I didn't have the right to do it, and I still don't think I have the right to do, do it, but I did it because I was the only one they would let do it. And he talked about white privilege, and he talked about all this shit, and he goes, and it's because of that that this story is finally out there. And um, I was like, holy shit. But he did it by putting people of color in the writing uh, the, the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also wanted... Uh, he also wanted to be LGBTQA uh, plus inclusive, but he said that was incredibly hard to do because you can't ask that in an interview process, at least not in California. And he said, uh, I want to do that, but you can't go, are you gay in an interview because that's against the law. And, um, but luckily they got a lot of representation by accident. Um, but because the story deals with that as well. And, the story is so fucking good like it it literally i don't know i mean i do know how they did it because it turns out hey black people can tell stories too um uh but in my personal opinion this is better than the watchman book ever thought about being this is more um it's more about the after effects it does but it also kind of retells the story of the watchman in a way but the Watchmen's about the Cold War, but is a very white version of the Cold War. The more I read it now, especially in light of this new show, I it, it doesn't hold up anymore. It's not as big of a deal as it thinks it is. This show kicks its ass, and it's like, we you actually want to talk about the real world? We actually want to talk about real shit that's going on? I'm going to put a story in fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma... People are going to think that's as boring as shit and it's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And it's all going to be told from the point of view of black people who, by the mm. way, also had to deal with the Cold War, but no one cared what they had to say because they didn't care about them to begin with. And it's like, holy shit. And guess what? Reparations happen. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> that's a big fucking deal. And it's like, it's... Um, it, it is the best thing I've seen on TV, period. Mm. Um, and it may never come back, even though HBO insists that it's just season one. Lindelof was like, sure, uh, but I may not be making it. Someone else can, and I encourage them to if they have a good story. But as far as I know, I got nothing left to tell. He goes, but that doesn't mean that someone can't. And he goes, and it also doesn't mean that it should be another white guy to tell it. And I'm like, and he goes, and I'll support whoever comes up, especially some young writer or whatever wants to go do it. And they got a real story and they want to go, well, let me actually show you how black people really feel or any, any minority really wants to feel. He goes, I'll support them. And I'm like, man, fuck this, man, why'd you fuck up lost so bad? And like, <laughs> uh, um, that, that show's good. That show is, that show is amazing. Um, and it's better 
than the book. It's better than the movie. But it, it, it takes place after the book and not the movie. Um, and Lindelof is a fan of Snyder's movie. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... I've never thought that the problems with his, his movie were the problems of Snyder. I thought it was the problems of Alan Moore. Because... I guess it's people don't realize shit until they actually see it. It's like... Um, even though it's a comic... Um, I use this example a lot with The Passion of the Christ. So like, being a Christian, you're like... You have this beat into your head about the sacrifice of Christ and the blood and blah, 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 blah. But you never really get it because it's words. You don't see the actions. But when Mel Gibson, that piece of shit, put out this movie that is Christ gets beat for two hours, people were throwing up and crying and stuff like that because they couldn't believe it. To Gibson's credit, it's not gratuitous. It's actually what the damn book says happened. But even mm-hmm. Christians, even preachers and people high up there that know the story didn't expect it to be that violent. Because who knew being whipped with a whip that has barbs and metal at the end of it would would be bad. Who knew that being nailed to a piece of wood would hurt? It's like, oh, you know, but when people see shit, it connects differently. And I think the Watchmen had that similar effect because when you see Rorschach, you see this wonderful performance by Jackie Earl Haley, and you see them as this kind of terrible person. It resonates with you differently. And you see all these people as terrible people. One of the criticisms I heard about it was the fact that there was a rape scene in it. And I'm like, you know that's in the book, right? And they go, yeah, I know, but it's different. And I'm like, yeah, because it's in motion. And you're seeing two people, one of them being horribly taken advantage of. It's hard to oh, watch. Uh, of course, that's how you like, like kind of like the girl with a dragon tattoo when it came to that kind of sort of scene. Yeah, it's well shot. But that also made it really hard to watch. Uh, I think that's most of the Watchmen's problem is that it's it's difficult. But I think Snyder it did is. the best that anybody could have done telling that story, telling the Moore Moore story, um, and I mm. think that he did a better version because I like the ending better. I've never liked the alien bullshit. <laughs> um, even Lindelof does his damnedest to make it make sense and does it in a way that I like because Dr. Manhattan is a v- huge fucking character in this show a lot more than you would expect um, because he, his, his shadow does loom over this show as I can see from what I've seen it, more than just a shadow he's in the show he's there oh just for a little bit no <laughs> oh he's a central character yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta, I gotta set aside some time to watch. The you need show. to watch the show. Cause I, cause oh, because you're gonna be surprised. The, I've never I've seen a show. I've never seen a show that has. It's only eight episodes or nine episodes, I think. I've never seen a show that surprised me okay. so much than this. Like every fucking episode. The only I want there to be a season two, just because one, I want to see someone diff, a take, but I want to see what happened to everybody. You see, of course, you see Dr. Manhattan. You see um, Silk Spectre 2. You see Ozymandias. Rorschach's dead. Comedian's dead. And, uh, of course, everyone else is dead. You see Uh Hooded fucking Justice. And um, the first superhero. And then Owlman's gone. Which I've always liked. I had a real soft. Owlman is the only character in that entire fucking story that isn't kind of a piece of shit. 
Because he's actually trying to be an honest to God superhero. He's ju- he's just a good he's a pushover, but he's a good guy. Yeah. He's only selfish in one area, but he is a literal good man. Like he is the only character in that entire book. Silk Spectre, yeah, yeah, I'll give I'll get Silk Spectre too. Uh, but even she no, has sure, faults sure. that that he doesn't. Like he didn't cheat on somebody or cheat on or, or cheat with somebody. He didn't do that. Silk Spectre did. He loved her, but he never said anything about it because he's a, he's just a good guy. He never pressured anybody. You know, he's he's the central guy. He should have been the main character of the book, but instead they chose the Nazi for some reason. Um. Oh yeah. Oh god. This show hates Rorschach so much. <laughs> oh my god. So. They hate Rorschach. I've always liked Rorschach as the character. The same way I like the Joker. Like, I think it's a well done character who is evil. Doesn't mean that I like what they do or support them or think they should be held up or something like that. It's just I I You just like how written how well written they are as villains. There's so much there. I like that the, I've always liked the idea of someone being so evil. Like Warshack is obviously needs help and is not on the right side oh, is not a good guy, but is on the right side. That's that that is something that is really hard to struggle with. And that's kind of the point of the book. But people, I guess, didn't get it until they saw the movie and were like, I don't like how that makes me feel. And I'm like, that was the fucking point, you stupid sons of bitches. Like, like, yes, the racist murderer was right. That hurts. Unfortunately. He was right that murdering millions of people was wrong. That hurts. But a broken clock is right twice a day. Hmm. It also sucks that the kind of weirdly progressive dude that wants change and everything and also maybe gay, they never they don't touch on that in the show, which I was disappointed on, but in the book they kind of talk about it. Um Oh, in the it was the 80s, so they they want to make a point about it, but it's 2019 now. 2019, 2020. No, they so. do it. They do they, they they do a weird thing in the show. Like a weird thing in the show that I don't kind of oh, agree God. with. Um, uh, if you're saying something like that, okay, I probably it's not, not gonna like bad. that. It's like it's just feels tapped on. Actually, okay, it's weird. I like what they did at one one point, but I I I always thought that Ozymandias was gay, like, and didn't care. Like, but in the show, he almost seems more asexual. Mm-hmm. But not in a, not in a. That's his orientation, but more like I'm above that, and it's weird. It's I don't like it. But then there's like maybe a hint that he's get like it's it's weird. It's you, when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, because it's it's weird. Um, but of course he's full of himself. He's an egomaniacal maniac. But he's the progressive. He literally is the reason America gets reparations. He. But he's this murderer of millions of people. Um, Warshak was right. That is the point of the book. The evil dude was not evil. Like, and that's dangerous. It's dangerous if you take it to its extreme. If you look at it like I do, which, well, a broken clock is right twice a day, and people are complicated. Mm-hmm. 
then that's fine. But if you go the extreme with it going, and that's why we're all Rorsch- we were the Knights of Rorschach or something. And it's like, oh, fuck, shit, which is what the show does. Holy shit, it's so good. Because the, the Ku Klux Klan with Rorschach masks. Hmm. It's really good. It's really, really good. And Don Johnson's in it, and he deserves an Emmy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I've never seen someone be so good in such a short amount of time. Uh, Don Johnson needs to do more. But, no, um, but the the new Watchmen show is great. Watch it. But Snyder's Watchmen, I've always felt that the problems were with the material itself because he basically just does the book. Like, And if you watch like the three-and-a-half-hour version... It's literally just the book without the uh, the Hollis Mason stuff. The I think it mostly has to do with like visuals because the visuals in the book are great to look at, well drawn, and with Snyder's touch on his ability for cinematography with and um, with like a, I believe it was like Larry Fong, who, who did also did with the. I think he's had the same cinematographer on everything. Yeah, Larry Fong is his longtime uh, co collaborator. Which but yeah, with is his, good. His direction with his direction and Larry Fong's cinematography is like. The movie is beautiful to look at. It's beautiful, and, but I love the movie. I think it's great. I think it's well directed, especially the the actual cut that he wanted to make, or one of them. He wanted to make a five hour movie with intermission at one point in time. This dude, I I think it's one of his faults. He doesn't know how to think outside of epics. That is a fault of his. Uh, yeah, but I like because it because he, there's not a lot does, of directors like he that. He does a lot of epics, but yeah, he, he does a lot of epics. But I think one problem, actually, like somebody actually did bring this up in like a video essay, is that he doesn't. When it comes down to it, he doesn't know how to do like characters where, like smaller scenes where people just talk to each other, they interact for a little bit, where we take a break from the big epic stuff that's going on, so just so we could like get I, to know the characters I think, a little bit more. I think. That is the fault of the epic thing because he pitches yeah, these is, movies as these six-hour epics, which I'm down for. I'll sit, I'll fuck it, uh, intermission, cool. Um, I was, I'm in, the, I was raised in the theater, like that's not a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's like, just that Quentin Tarantino's been trying to do that fucking ever. But here's the thing, <laughs> I think that comes from that because the studios keep going. Sure, we'll let you make this movie, and then he shoots a six-hour movie, and then they go. Okay, we know you got the movie done, but we can't let you put out a six-hour movie. We need you to cut it down to two hours. So then you watch this two-hour movie that feels really rushed. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe don't let him make a six-hour movie and then lie to him. Like, I don't, I don't get that. that. Because when you watch the nearly four-hour long version of Watchmen, there's a lot mm-hmm. of character. that's constantly people talking. Yeah, that 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 I know. But and then you no, get the black no freighter scene. shit. Um, but there's no scenes for in this case because there's no like time for like the characters to actually like take a break, like just sit down and just interact with each other. I I would equate it to something like uh, in the case of like the Avengers, where yeah, there's a lot of shit going on, but it was always great to have like, a scene or two where like you just like just have, let the characters just talk to each other. We well, you know what's funny like is that. in the Watchmen's case. I feel that's in the book as well because there's the end of the world's coming. Like, they don't yeah, have that, a lot of that, time. That I know. That I know. In the book. Um, like, I think I think Snyder did the best anybody could do in terms of adapting the Watchmen True. and just telling the story. That would be like one hell of a book to adapt. 
And I love, I absolutely love his ending. I think his ending's better than, I don't, I never liked the squid. I like the fact, because the whole, and the way he did it was wonderful because he put an emphasis on the whole making Dr. Manhattan mad. Because in the book, it's just just to make him leave. It it, just happens. It, 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 they do it to make it leave, him leave. But the movie Mm. takes a point of spending a lot of time with Dr. Manhattan and making you think, is he going to do something crazy? Because if you're not familiar with the book, you don't know how this ends. Mm. And you see it from the perspective of the world. So by the time that ending rolls around, and it's like, I made everyone think you did it. And it's like, that's fucking genius because that makes sense. But the giant squid falling out of the air, I never bought it. I never I never liked it. I never liked it. They make it work in Lindelof's series, and I like it a lot. But Dr. Manhattan being used as the weapon and the world gathering around to fight this god, I was like, that's so cool. Because that that's Which literally the only thing that he came up with. Saw that, and that's why they tapped him for Superman. Yeah. And I, lo- I like Man of Steel. I think my problems with Man of Steel are David F. Square. <laughs> um, my my problem with Man of Steel technical than that, but I'll say well, give it for like another discussion. I, I fucking David Escoyer, such a, I hate I hate him. I don't like him. He ruined Blade. Uh, ooh, excuse me. He's a misogynist, yeah. um, and he did his best to try to ruin Superman. Um, I think Snyder might be a bit of a pushover too, so that's why he gets hurt a lot. But that's not exactly his fault. He wants to be. He's a dude. If you ever seen this guy, have you ever ever looked at Zack Snyder? The dude is built like a Greek god, but apparently he's a teddy bear. So he's easy to push around, from what I heard, which is why he lets these studios walk all over him. He can stand up for other people. He's not very good about standing up for himself. But I still have. Like, but he's like six four, and he does CrossFit. He's built like yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman in real life. He's fucking I be, massive. I wouldn't be surprised if he just told Affleck that hey, you know what, here's my CrossFit routine. Just do that's, it so, so you can get I, jacked for the movie. James, that's literally what he did. They went up to a yeah, mountain knew, and yeah, worked out. Like, I know, I know. Um, no, but like, uh, so his cut. I need to get on this. His cut, um, they put out this five-hour version, and apparently the people that watched it didn't like it, the producers. And that was the beginning of the end. But something else happened. So you know how they do screeners for films like a month or so before they come out to get audience, uh, uh, what do you call it? The test screening. Yeah, the test screening. They don't have like all the effects done and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, a, that's I think that's a thing that Warner Brothers does. I don't see anybody at other studio doing it. No, other studios do it a lot. Uh, Disney yeah, but, doesn't, but not, hasn't recently. It's not as prevalent. Uh, they used to do it a lot. They used to do it a yeah, lot, no, but um, Disney doesn't I do it Disney, because of Disney, spoilers. I think, Disney does it, I think Disney does it, but it's only like with an internally. Well, see, well, they don't do it to, to they don't do test screenings to the public anymore. Or yeah, they do with why, some stuff. That's why I said in, that, that's why I said internally. Yeah. That's why. Well, it has to do with spoilers. Like you don't test screen in game. Like yeah, <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, but Lord of the Rings did it. Um, the Hobbit did it. I know. I know. Uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters did it, which is why the whole plot of that movie leaked out a whole year before the movie came out. And after the movie came out, I read the plot leak. It was like actually a hundred percent correct. 
a lot of movies a lot of movies still do it um to just get yeah you said like you said like lord of the rings also did yeah warner brothers movies (laughs) um well, it's more than just Warner Brothers. I've seen some Jackie Chan films and test screenings before, but um, That's so cool. so um, so I'm I remember this. I don't know if you remember it. Remember when uh, Justice League actually got good reviews before it released? That people were talking about it like, "Holy shit, they did it! They're they're back!" It's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." There were a yeah, lot that was of, like a couple of days night before the official like. Uh, it wasn't just a couple out. days; it was weeks before. People that got out test screens were talking about how good this movie was, that it was better than Wonder Woman, how great it was, and I was excited. And then I saw the movie, and it was a fucking piece of shit. And I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, I saw the movie. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna watch Thor three again. I would have never known what happened if I didn't listen to Kevin Smith's podcast. So. About a month before Justice League releases, of course, they're talking about it because they both love comic books and they're all about whatever. A woman who frequents the podcast shows up and goes, because um, they always do a question thing. She goes, I have something very important to tell you. And it's mm-hmm. about Justice League. This is back when they were Fat Man on Batman. And he goes, oh, shit, do tell. But, hey, don't don't spoil anything because NDA. She goes, I'm not. I just, I've seen the movie. And everybody shut the fuck up. And they're like, whoa, whoa, tell us, tell us, tell us. And they're like, I can't spoil anything, but if you have questions, I don't know what I... I know what I can and can't tell, but I don't know what to tell you, so just ask some questions. The first thing they asked, is it good? She said yes. And like, oh my god, it's yes, this is... And, they're like, and then Mark Bernardin, who is a writer, goes, okay, wait, wait, wait. How good are we talking? Like, is it like Batman Superman good, where some of y'all are crazy and think it's good, or is it actually good? And she goes, it's better than Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman changed my life. And it's like, okay! Holy shit. She couldn't get into Pacific. She talked about it. Fast uh, fast forward a month. Justice League comes out. And they saw it. And they came back. And they're like. Even Kevin Smith was like. I don't know. Something about this didn't feel right. And I liked it. And he likes everything. Because he's just happy to be alive. He likes everything. Mark Menarden hated it. And he's like. I don't know. There's something doesn't feel right about. And they go. Yeah. And we were all hyped up for it. And I don't know what happened. And it's like. I wonder if they saw something different. And Mark was like. I don't know. Maybe they just. Maybe they got a good audience. That same woman was in the crowd, raised her hand, and goes, I got something to say. I go, oh, aren't you the woman that saw the screen? And she goes, yes, I did. She goes, have you seen the movie since? She goes, yes, I went to go see it because of I wanted to see what it looked like with finished effects. She goes, oh, really? Well, did you enjoy it this time? She goes, the movie that I just watched was terrible. Goes, what happened? She goes, they cut like 30 minutes out of it. And he goes, really? He goes, yeah, the movie that I watched had Dark Side in it. And everybody went, what the fuck? Like, and then she just, she goes, well, the movie's out now, so I can spoil it. And she goes through this whole entire thing about everything that was different. And it was a, and I shit you not, a completely different movie. Between that month and the release, they sent it to an editor, and they did the Suicide Squad thing and completely changed it. Changed its color palette, changed like everything. Just like I can't believe how much they changed according to this woman who saw it, and she had proof that she was at these test screenings and stuff. And I'm like, why? It got good reviews in the test screenings. Audiences loved it. Usually, you change stuff when audiences don't like it, and then you go you overreact and make it worse. But they didn't. And then they changed it, and then it underperformed because they made it worse. Mm. Then come to find out, uh, Joss Whedon did a hell of a lot more than we thought, that piece of shit. Don't like him either. 
that womanizing, misogynistic piece of crap <laughs> used his power to have sex with a lot of young women. Um, uh, so they could keep their jobs. Yeah. Asshole. Um, they sh- reshot at least 80% of that film, according to the cinematographer. And that includes, um, that, that, that's just, they, so, and reshot doesn't mean pickups. It doesn't mean, oh, there's something in the camera lens. We have to reshoot it. He means they basically made a different movie. He said that Joss Whedon rewrote most of the script. They took out most of the plot lines and they cut it down to an hour and a half. He goes, that is not the movie that I originally set out to make with Snyder. Um, we made an actual movie. He goes, even the movie that I wasn't happy enough that Warner Brothers let us make, I liked better than the shit that got put out in theater. He was very upset. Mm. The actors have come out and are upset because it's like, what the fuck happened? The script we signed on for did not get put on screen. Ben Affleck's talked about it. Gal Gadot's talked about it. Um... Mm. Everybody's talked about it. The guy that played Cyborg, I can't remember his name, and I hate that. Um, Ezra Miller's talked about it. The fucking dude that played Steppenwolf is pissed. Like, I've never seen a movie that come out and everybody who worked on it is so fucking mad that it got butchered. Usually it's like, whatever, fuck it, give me a paycheck. This time it's like, everybody involved was like, we believed in this. And they all seem to really like Zack Snyder. And um, and a director being likable doesn't necessarily mean they're good at their job. Same with like a head coach in football. Thank God we got a new one. Um, but <laughs> but like yeah, this is one of the most interesting things I've ever seen happen in movies. The bad part about it, the, I mean the sad part about it, is it's been co-opted by Nazis. And every time I talk about it, people think that I'm siding with them. I'm not at all. Um. I want the movie to come out because I want to. I want the the artist original vision to come out. I want these people to. I want Warner Brothers to stop screwing people over, which apparently they tried to do with the sequel to Wonder Woman. I don't know why Wonder why why Warner Brothers keeps doing this, and because um, Wonder Woman was supposed to come out this year, early this year, yes. and got delayed yes. an entire year. I don't know what's happening. Flash still, no one fucking knows what's going to happen with it. Oh, Wonder Woman in 1984 is supposed to come out in June of this year. Yep. It's coming out, isn't it? It's coming out June of next year, I believe. Wait, oh, I mean, what? of, of 2020. 2020. Yeah, it's supposed to come out this year. It's coming out this year. Yes. <laughs> Originally, I believe it was slated for 2018. Then it got delayed to 2019. Now it's coming out in 2020. So, something's happening. Apparently... Warner Brothers and Patty Jenkins don't get along very well. See, Warner Brothers has to do that regardless of director because Godzilla was supposed to come out, I believe, uh, 2018, but then they pushed it back like over a year and a half to 2029. Oh, like, uh, like another like couple months until 2019. I don't know what's happening at Warner Brothers, but Warner Brothers has a history of doing this. The earliest yeah. that I can remember is when they fired Richard Donner literally as he was filming Superman 2. Like, they do this a lot. And For some reason. 
and they keep screwing people over, and that's why I keep defending Zack Snyder, and like, this is not all his fault. Yeah, Sucker Punch wasn't great. People make bad movies. I don't hear y'all no, calling uh, Francis Ford Coppola I a hack. I unapologetically love Sucker Punch. I'm one of those people, too. I'm not as such big on it as some. Movie. Such a stupid movie, but it's so fun. Well, I like it because of what the movie did. Um, it was a sucker punch. The movie sold itself ah. as hot girls <laughs> fighting shit. And then you see it, and it's like this really sad story about lobotomy and shit. And you're like, whoa! <laughs> and sexual assault and, and stuff. And it's like, oh. Oh, this mm. is a little bit deeper than I thought. I wanted I wanted fun, cute girls and action and shit. And you get that, but the whole time you feel bad. <laughs> that was intentional. It is kind of funny how I look at it. It's like, it's probably going to be like the best like live action version of Revolutionary Girl Utena we'll ever get. But you know, everybody that I've seen talk about how much they hate this. Well, one thing to talk about is how they it felt disgusting. They didn't feel mm-hmm. good. And I'm like, you know, that was the intent, right? You know how smart that is? Or ballsy. Actually, really ballsy. I'm going to. I'm gonna fuck with these weeaboos and like, oh shit, Zach. <laughs> he did it on purpose. It was an idea him and his wife had. Um, from a, a tragic story that they heard about. I don't remember how exactly it became it 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 actually formed, but it was a passion project of his. It obviously did not resonate with all audiences. But that has one of the darkest fucking endings I've ever seen. Um, and is a really dark premise to begin with. All this cool fairy tale shit that's happening, yeah, that's the place they go in their mind so they can dis- they can disassociate and disappear into their mind while they're being raped. It's like, wow, holy fucking shit, that's dark. Whoa, <laughs> okay. And the whole movie, you just feel gross, and it's like that's the point. Every time, anytime like it gets Zack Snyder, they try to label him as a misogynist. I'm like, you have never seen his movies. You don't know what you're talking about. Dad, the dude likes the male form, which there's nothing bad about that. But like, um, the the dude is not a bad guy. There's some issues. There's there's some scary stuff like that could be a problem. He likes Anne Rand. Mm. But and didn't Warner Brothers like basically allow him to do the uh, Atlas Shrugged movie now? As no, as, he's, as he's making the Fountainhead. Which, oh, he's the Fountainhead has a history of being made by a bunch of, well, okay, not the not movies, but plays and stuff being made by a bunch of different people across a bunch of different spectrums. A lot of socialist mm-hmm. directors have made this movie. And the reason that Snyder wants to make it, he does not like her as a person. He says that, he actually talked about her being evil. But he thinks that the book is awesome. He goes, he talks about, he says, he says it's not the philosophy. He goes, you can't read this book and go and not go. What the fuck am I reading? Like he 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 he's a fan of it. He almost sees it like a comic book, and he mm-hmm. wants to make it this big, huge spectacle. But he does not like Ayn Rand. He said, "Fuck Donald Trump." He doesn't he doesn't like that stuff. Like he is okay. he's not. Have you seen Shazam? Yeah, I watched Shazam. Okay, movie. so you know you know the family that has like uh, that family that has like all these weird adopted kids. Yeah. Okay, that family is Zack Snyder, but if they were rich. Zack Snyder has like nine kids. 
And one, the one that uh, committed suicide was one of his uh, ones that he adopted. He oh, does it because he sees him. He says he has privilege and he has the ability to take these kids out of bad places and give them a good life. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> this dude is not a bad. I don't know how. Well, how he got labeled as a monster. Though. It pisses me off. I'll never, I'll never judge anybody by their character. I mostly judge uh, Snyder for his work. I would never like want to attack his personal life or anything like that. But people no, do that. That's, that's, I've watched just... all these people, especially when they claim to be woke and, and stuff and all this stuff like that, talk about how he's evil and anti this, anti that. And I'm like, look, if you don't like his movies, that's one thing. My problems with George Lucas, oddly enough, don't have much to do with his art. It's mostly him as a person. Yeah, the pedophilia because, stuff doesn't sit we, right. Because we, we like the stuff that George Lucas made. We all love Star Wars. We all love Indiana Jones. But we all have a problem with the with the artists compared to the art. Like, like well, and here's the thing. Uh, the reason the Indiana Jones movies work is because of Spielberg, if we're going to be completely honest. Um, and Star Wars to an extent. Uh, but, like, I can't watch Scorsese films the same way, knowing what I know. But Zack Snyder doesn't have that in his back pocket he's not going Roman Polanski's so great and shit like that um and, so, and and he keeps getting misquoted so you know you know that quote that went around about him that looked like he was complaining about Batman Superman and people thinking Batman shouldn't kill people mm. and calling them pussies and whatever do you know what that was about what was that about okay so uh, he got quoted uh, uh, it's in the quote he was talking about he said that because uh, people think that Batman doesn't kill people give me a fucking break grow up come on that was the quote and they took it and they ran with it and they tried to bury him and say look this is the guy he's evil he really doesn't get Batman okay Zack Snyder was at a charity event that he set up um, where where you paid tickets and then he fed you uh, 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 cause I actually, uh, uh, I believe it was a black woman or uh, a woman of color. I can't remember exactly. Um, mm-hmm. who's very leftist and loves Zack Snyder. And she went to this event and did a live blog of it and talked about it and got really pissed when people were trying to, to bury him again. And she posted all these videos and stuff like that and goes, here's what he actually said. And here's the context. So. Zack Snyder was doing a like three night event where they he was watching the movies with fans. You paid, and it was all going towards uh, like the art center of this college because he believes in the theatrical arts and the arts in general. So right there, that's some good guy shit. And for paying the ticket, not only do you get to see these movies on a big screen, but you get to talk to the director and the writers and stuff that made the movie. And then, and during intermissions. You get to eat with the director and also talk to him and, and chit-chat and shit. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. So they had just screened The Watchmen, the uh, director's cut, or the ultimate cut, I think. The longest one. And um, someone asked him about his experience with it and how it affected him. And he, go, and he went on this kind of... this this diatribe about it and he goes he goes you know I used to be in kind of a different world and stuff like that until I made this movie and by the way this was only like six or seven months or so after his daughter had killed himself or killed herself what the fuck killed herself um and uh, he was not 
reasonably as a parent, you would think not being the best place. And he was taking time out of his schedule to go be with these people that love him. And um, they watched the movie, and he was like, what'd y'all think? And he's like, what's your criticisms? I want to hear from the fans, stuff like blah, blah. And this person asked how it affected him, and he talked about um, how he used to believe that superheroes were perfect and all this and that. And he goes, and then I made The Watchmen, and that all changed. He goes, now people go up to me and say that Batman doesn't kill people, and I say, wake the fuck up. He goes, how do you go from making this movie and all that shit and the comedian raping people and all this shit... And then go right into lovey-dovey Superman and Batman. You can't. You can't get out of that world. It's really hard to get out of that state of mind. See, that full quote doesn't sound as bad, does it? So basically what he took was like the inspiration for from what his time from Watchmen, he decided to apply them to his superhero movies. Well, here's he the thing. He wasn't talking about Batman. Batman versus Superman or his Batman at all. He just but, used Batman know, as an know, example. Uh, that's an example, but I, I would still say he took that experience as like an inspiration for his take. Oh, on oh, he he absolutely did. But what he was talking, they were talking about how it affected him. But he, the quote that got used against him was making him think he was telling people to shut up because they were pussies for thinking Batman's your Batman's not my Batman. My Batman's more hardcore. It's not what he was saying. He was going making this movie was a very emotional experience and going out of it and people are going like. You know, sunshine and rainbows, and I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's a little bit." And and he said it as a joke, because in the video when he said it, people laughed, and he was smiling and he shrugged, and he goes, eh, "Maybe not the best frame of mind to be in," but you know, this isn't exactly the happiest story in the world. <laughs> and I'm and I'm like, that is very different than the way this got put in the news. And I just don't know why. I would say like that, and also because of like, probably because of a Marvel bias, we all expect like superhero movies to follow that formula. Like I can understand, I can understand where you're coming from and where Snyder himself is coming from, but because uh, he said like it, this movie making Watchmen was such a such an experience for him, for him to realize that. Maybe some of the stuff uh, superheroes do isn't all that good, which is basic, basically true, essentially. There's, there are a lot of great comics where you see it from the people's point of view, of like aftermath of like a supervillain attack and all that. But going as far as to depict uh, Batman comically killing people with like cars in that one scene from Batman v Superman and ex- Explaining it was like Watchmen that uh, justified uh, your experience. Okay, 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 okay. I need to stop right here. He was not justifying anything. He wasn't talking about his own movies. They were asking about how he felt after he made that particular movie. He wasn't talking about Batman Superman. I'm taking it it as like he uh, took that experience from making that movie and later implemented it into Man of Steel and then later BVS. Oh, by the way, if that original script that's, that I've read for what he was going to do with Batman. Oh my God. Uh, no. Okay. So here's the thing. I get how you can read that, but that's not the yeah. context behind it. And the quote that okay. they took out of context, which made him look like oh, he was that, telling that one, people to stop know. crying. That, one, that clip, clip I've seen going all over the internet before. And I was like, it's just a clip of a show. Yeah, and and stop being a pussy and stuff like that. So here's what people don't understand about Zack Snyder. He, one, he he doesn't talk very professionally, like I would say. 
Talk kind of like I do. I have to curse a lot, otherwise I'll lose my train of thought. Instead of a stutter, I just kind of lose it. So I insert, uh, you know, fucking words and shit to <laughs> further my thought process. Otherwise, I die. It seems like he does the same thing. And through that, he's able to connect with people on a very personal level. But when you take that in text, it looks like when he says people need to wake the fuck up. So you read it, and it's like he's saying, man, fuck you for getting mad at me for bad for Superman. He wasn't saying that. What he said was in a joking tone, and it got laughs in the audience, and he smiled and laughed with them. He was not telling people to wake the fuck up. He was not saying, and that's why I did it like this, and that's why I'm God. He didn't say it like that. He didn't say he was right. They asked it how it affected him, and he goes, I was depressed. It's basically what he got to the end of it is, is yeah, I didn't want to make another one of those. I was depressed. Like, yeah, I made a very depressing movie. I was depressed and then talked about how he was depressed now and everything that happened like, but they took one thing out of it and spun it into him being this evil guy. He's not David S. Goyer. <laughs> uh, David S. Goyer has a lot of great quotes. Um, I don't like him, <laughs> but, but like, I don't, I don't understand why we've taken Snyder, even if, even if he never made a good movie, I don't understand why he is seen as this bad guy. I don't get it. When there are actual legitimate bad guys out there, like Alfonso Cuaron, who I will never, ever let up on because I, I've, I've never felt so betrayed by a filmmaker I adored. You know about him? I've heard about him. And how he hates autistic people? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that it's guy. It's hard because I, I feel the same way about uh, obviously everyone's favorite uh, actor and director, Mel Gibson. Love him and uh, Lethal Weapon, but he's an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, he's an absolute piece of shit. The only thing yeah. I'll give Gibson is he keeps trying to get better, but fails miserably. It just gets worse somehow. It's weird. Yeah. I've never seen someone do that. That you'd have to try. He's trying. I'll give him one. He has tried more than I've seen any of these celebrities that get caught doing shit. But he keeps getting worse. So when the whole Jew stuff happened and he found out to be an anti-Semite, he goes out and he believes in doing stuff in um, privacy uh, and doing stuff in private uh, because of the Catholic teaching and the Christian teaching of you. You don't. You're not. You shouldn't be. Uh, you don't put it out in the world. For people to give you applause and shit. Um, he started donating and then working with an organization that helps Holocaust victims and make sure that they don't have to pay a single bill in their life. He buys them houses and cars and food and shit like that because he felt so bad about these drunken, horrible things that he said. Okay, you tried. And then the shit with his girlfriend happened. And it's like, oh my God, how did it get worse? <laughs> how did you get worse? And then he went to do charity stuff all in secret to help minority groups and also women groups and stuff like that. And it's just like, at least he's trying. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't mean he should have work until he's really repented. But at least he's trying. Johnny Depp's not trying. Polanski's not trying. Quran isn't trying. Like Johnny Depp isn't even going to get any work anymore. Bullshit. 
They're making two more of those stupid beast movies, and there's another Pirates of the Caribbean coming. Do they want to make? Well, does Warner Brothers want to sing more movies into yes. the Fantastic Beast movies? Yes. Nobody Disney, went to see and the Disney second one. Wants another Pirates movie? They've already cast Ugh. it. Oh yeah, they they're still making more Pirates movies. So he has work, billion dollar work. No, but it, I, I'm not, and, and people are gonna make it sing like I'm a Gibson apologist. No, I'm not. Don't go watch his movies. Don't support him. What I'll say yeah. of anything, at least he's trying. What's Mark Wahlberg done? <laughs> oh, remember when he just beat that dude to, almost to death for being Asian? Let's, are we going to forget about that? Oh, God. I mind. Like, what's he done? Like, I, I want... I, I at least want people to try, but most of the time they don't, and that pisses me off. But you don't get, you don't get in... There's a difference between forgiveness and just letting people do what they want. I can forgive Mel Gibson and still not support him. There's a fast difference. Like, I can forgive a pedophile. It doesn't mean you let him live in the playground. No, stop it. <laughs> Let's get you some help, buddy. Like, uh, I go with Christ, go with God, but it doesn't mean that I just let you go keep doing shit. Like, you, when I say forgiveness, it doesn't mean you just... Let him keep doing shit. Like, I can forgive Kevin Spacey. Probably should be in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, forgiveness is not hating someone. Forgiveness is not absence of punishment. And, oh, boo-hoo, you don't get to be in movies anymore. Such a punishment. Like, like, uh, I don't know. But with Snyder... Outside of a few things, he did say some stuff about gay people, but that was back in like 2006. So, yeah. I think if we all go back then, we could find some shit. Um, and it was about 300. And what he said, I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Um, they interviewed him about um, why he made the Persian king look the way he did. And they also talked about racism and stuff like that. And he goes, no, I didn't. And they go, why is he wearing a Speedo and the gold and, and stuff like that? And he goes, well, think about it. Well, think about who the Spartans are in this movie. Think about how they dress and how they look and how masculine and macho they are. What is the most terrifying thing? I mean, what's the, what's the closest analog we have to that? You know, they got like these college guys, these jocks, stuff like that. What's more terrifying to them than a gay man? And people, they like the the interviewer, like stumbled over their words and shit like that, and they, it couldn't do. And the interview kind of evolved from there. But he's mm-hmm. not wrong. Like as someone who played football and shit, let me tell you, that is a homophobia is real. And taking on a villain in that way is interesting. I don't know if that's right, or I honestly don't know whether that's right or wrong. But what he said wasn't homophobic, but he's talked about homophobia being a, a fear of these people and how that mm. is why he's scary. Because it's about it being dominated and stuff like that and how they're originally the dominators. They're the macho and stuff like that. And he is that now. So all those gay yeah. undertones in 300 were there on purpose. And I was like, that's interesting. interesting. I, I never, I never really thought about it that, that way. 
I mean, it also highlighted the problems with uh, Frank Miller's uh, writing as well. Oh yes, but 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 Snyder, but Snyder. People try to say that's him being homophobic, Snyder, and I'm like, Snyder, Snyder took it gracefully. Like the movie was more of like a highlight of like the problems of Frank Miller's uh, writing. It, it's it's the page uh, to the screen. That's what he's good at. Yeah. He's really good at that. Yeah. Um, probably the best I've ever seen. Um, when he actually has the material to do it, unless. However, that's another thing that got screwed on. He wanted Superman to have a, a, a more traditional suit, and Warner Brothers wouldn't let him do it. Really? I thought it was because like, they couldn't get the suit to look right. Nope. He said, he, he, they talked to him at Comic-Con because he revealed the suit, and people were mad that he didn't have the trunks. And he, went on, he literally went on stage and talked to people and goes, I want you all to know something. I fought meeting after meeting to get those trunks on him. I tried Speedo. I tried like regular trunks. I tried just red. Nothing. They wouldn't even let me have the belt. So all you get is those little yellow slits and a buckle. Like he was mad. He was I mean, mad. Man, he it, was, it, it, I mean, I can't fault him for that because it was basically the new 52 suit. He was, he was pissed. He really wanted the trunk. He wants the Reeves suit. He I likes the armor look. And I, said, no, this is how Superman looks in the comics now. We have to, Keep it current. He's using the ones without the trunks. And I'll give him credit. Which, he did put the best Batman suit ever on screen. Even no, oh yeah, it, it would is, look better with the is, trunks. It is like it, the, the Batman suit of, of course, is like, B for B, the Dark Knight Return suit. Fucking shit! That's the best Batman suit ever. It's not my favorite. My favorite is in Arkham Origins. I say my favorite is still in the. Uh, the animated series. I just love the gray and the contrast with the blues. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I like that. But I, I mean, I, I put video games and film a little bit closer because it's 3D, and they ha and even in the video game, they have to think about how shit moves. Mm, and the physics. Arkham, the Arkham Origins suit, I love so much. Um, the Arkham City and Arkham Asylum one is kind of. It just looks like a rubber suit, and I like it. It looks good, but it's just kind of a rubber suit. The Origins it one doesn't have that leather. It doesn't have that leather look to it, like an Origins. Well, Origins is not leather. He's got body armor on, and he's oh, wearing I mean, like, he's wearing cargo pants on. He's wearing cargo pants, and it has uh, the boots, and then it has this military armor on it, and it looks like something he put together. I really like it. And then the Arkham yeah, Knight one, I, I like really a lot. Good. The two bad. Both of those games aren't really that good. You get well, the best looking Batman suit in like video games, and then the games themselves aren't. Okay, aren't that's your like opinion. It. Cool. <laughs> there is not a bad Arkham, Arkham game. Arkham Origins, Arkham Origins is okay. Arkham Knight gave away. Hold gave on. Away what'd you play? What'd you play it on? What'd you play it on? Hmm. What'd you play Arkham Origins well, on? Well, I played. I played Arkham Origins on a Wii U. Okay, that that's weird. I'm gonna be, <laughs> be straight up. So I can't speak to that. I was thought you were gonna say you played on PC, and I'd be like, "That's why you think no. it's bad." No, Arkham Origins has the best on, story. I played it on the Wii U. I love Arkham Origins, um, and the combat feels different because they did that on purpose. They wanted Batman to feel like a dick because he was young. He they wanted you to feel like he was not fighting these people to stop them, but because he wanted to hurt them. Which is why they had they had to come different voice cast. Yeah, that was um, which I like. Uh, they did that. Odd decision. That apparently was Warner Brothers' decision. 
Remember, you're dealing with Warner Brothers. You're dealing with Warner Brothers. Um, I would prefer consistency with Kevin Connor and Mark Hamill at least. See, see, it's, it's weird because. So they wanted a younger voice because this Batman is much younger. Remember, he's only it's only two years in. And at the time, remember, the reason Mark Hamill's not in it is at the time Mark Hamill retired. He retired until Killing Joke. Yes. And then Killing Joke happened. And he was like, okay, fuck it. I have to fix this. Um, <laughs> I'm out of retirement. Um, and then he did Arkham Knight. Um, and I love Arkham Knight. And for some, I don't, I don't hate the Batmobile. I love the Batmobile. I think there's too much of it, but I love the Batmobile. I really do. Oh, I'm not criticizing the gameplay of Arkham Knight. And yeah, I'll say there's too much of Batmobile, but Arkham Knight, so gameplay-wise, is solid. It's just the story I don't like. The story I, isn't I the say, best, but I don't think it's the I'll, worst. I will I, say, uh, yeah, it's just mediocre. It's, it's kind of I like, think, it's not bad, I think but it's not Asylum good story might be the worst. Its plot yeah. is good, but it, it there's it's it's very basic. Yeah. It's it's jaw fuck Joker's in the asylum. That's the story, and then he turns into Bane. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking weird. Yeah, but the game's <laughs> great. Arkham City is where they started going. Let's make a story, and then Origins is the Arkham best City. story. Oh, God, Origins has the oh, best story and some of the best performances because it's they actually let the actor be Batman. Like they they said what no, no let me change that they let him be Bruce Wayne. He argues with Alfred all the time because he's young and he's mad. He's only been Batman for two years. I love Arkham Origins. On the PC, it was a nightmare. But on Xbox 360, it was fucking great. Definitely Don't buy Warner Brothers games. Like Don't buy WB games on the PC. That's just a general rule. Don't do that. I mean, I play I play Arkham City and Ar- uh, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum on PC, and they're fine. Don't do that. <laughs> Just, just don't. Not too, too bad. I already did. It's gonna take two years for them to be good. Well, yeah, it's because they were old. It's gonna take two years for them to be good, and then by that time, it doesn't matter. Arkham Knight is still kind of broken, but on the Xbox One, it was flawless. Like I ain't even making that up. It was great. It I was, feel as feel as it was like already programmed for consoles, and when it came to the PC port, it's just like. Well, there were two reasons. For some reason WB stepped in and wouldn't let them do that. So they got a different voice actor because they wanted him to sound younger. At the time, they thought that maybe Kevin Conroy was retiring. They weren't sure. They could have. They could have just asked. Apparently, they did. I remember. Really? You have to. Okay, look, dude, you're talking to the Batman fanatic here, um, and I'm 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 fucking losing my goddamn mind at WB Montreal right now. Stop fucking teasing shit. Just show me the stupid fucking game. I'm getting tired. Put out another fucking picture. Oh, what's this? Ooh. Bastards. <laughs> I want I want the game. <laughs> um I don't need it to be released. I just want to see a trailer or something. Picture. I want I want to know the title, maybe. Like four months ago they did those teasers like three nights in a row, and then nothing for four months. But they apparently they tried, and also Rocksteady was working with Kevin Conroy already, because Rocksteady was already developing night it took them a while and scheduling conflicts and blah 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 so they wanted a younger guy so they went to him hamill had retired so they didn't even go yeah, after him that one's, that one's as obvious so they went after troy but Ooh, troy does do, do a good enough performance but i think he's trying too hard to sound like hamill's joker but that was the point um yeah but it comes off as like a really weird fan performance 
But he was also supposed to be young Joker. I, I loved it. I thought it made sense. It it works. He's supposed I mean, to be it young makes Joker. Sense in a context. It makes sense in a context, but it just sounds like pretty off. Maybe it's because my own personal bias, because Mark Hamill is, the be for me, the best Joker. He is the best Joker. He is absolutely the best Joker. But, but remember, he is supposed to be doing an impersonation. Yeah, that's that, true. That's, that's true. the point. It would be really maybe weird I'm, in this maybe, game. It's a maybe prequel. Maybe I'm just being too harsh. Maybe I'm just being yeah. too harsh. I'm just so used to the original series actors. It'd be really weird if it's a prequel to the same story. It's like, hey, I'm the Joker. And it's like, what the fuck happened? What happens in the like 15 years? <laughs> I mean, hmm. I, I, if Joel shows up, that'd be really weird. Um, but like, no, it's supposed to be impersonation. But I think everybody's great in that game, and I love that game. I, I think it. I don't know why people don't like it. Um, it has the best boss fights because Rocksteady does not know how to make a boss fight. They have never been able to figure it out. Outside of like twice in a game, every, uh, so every, they're like Sega in that regard when it comes to Sonic games. They just don't know how to make a boss fight. Well, see, Arkham Asylum is the same boss fight. Every boss fight. I hope it's pain again. Batarang, dodge, Batarang. At least with Arkham City, you actually had to get really creative with it. Yeah, but like even the then... Mr. Freeze one, I love the Mr. Freeze boss fight in that game. So that is great. That is it, though. They get like one or two, and that's it, and then all the rest yeah, of them are the same. Like, that does piss me off. Arkham Origins, like, every boss fight is different. And what's great about it is some of those boss fights are very, very quick. Like the electrocutioner, and it's all this build up. You go in there, just boom, knock them out. <laughs> it's so great. One punches them. Uh, so fucking. Those are there, like, was a death stroke in that game as well? Yes. And it's a yeah, good boss and just fight. Just a cutscene, though. No, it's <laughs> like not. a short boss fight. No, was it not. like a long boss fight? Was it a short boss fight? I don't remember. It's been a while. It's one of the longer ones. The longest boss fights against Firefly, but no, um... Oh, see Firefly giving his own, like, uh, power set. There's a lot of quick time events in it, but it's, it's... Deathstroke shows up a few different times, but there's one where it's like, hit the buttons, and then there's... And then it goes into dodge shit, and then there's one, don't let him touch you, and then you have to fight him. It's, there's a lot of phases to Deathstroke's boss fight. It's the it's most intricate boss fight the, in the entire it's, series. It's, cute, it's quick time events, the boss fight. Not all of it's quick time events. When he's throwing shit yeah, at you, that, it's not a quick time event. Yeah, that I know, but generally... And a quick time like event isn't bad points. if it's executed well. True. Yakuza is in its seventh game. Oh, no, hold on. So we got seven main games. You got seven. Yakuza is in its 15th game. Yeah. <laughs> Don't badmouth I mean, the quick time maybe, event. Maybe because I'm... Spoiled with like the PS4 Spider-Man game, where I could just turn off quick time events, so I don't have to do them because I'm just lazy. But um, I love that game. That game's great. Yeah, Spider-Man's great. A game came out in the wrong year, or it would have been game of the year. <laughs> it picked the wrong year. <laughs> what game got game of the year? Oh wait, it was God of War. Yeah, God of War. Gotta remember God of War. who are the who are <laughs> God of War. Red Dead Redemption 2, <laughs> right there, done. Nah, fuck it, we're gonna push this game in next year. If they had waited, what beats them? What beats Spider-Man of 2019? Nobody. <laughs> oh, man. A Sekiro? Yeah, I think I have to like Sekiro. Well, because no. like, people love souls. 
that's why Sekiro got it. Sekiro won but because of we, Bloodborne. Yeah, because it's a Souls game. Because here's a, no, 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 no. Bloodborne never got Game of the Year. Yeah, that I know. A lot of Souls, Souls fans game. don't like Sekiro for some reason. So it was really surprising, especially I, I to a, especially to the people. So to the people that made Sekiro, they did not know they were going to win, and they didn't think they were going to win. I was expecting Resident Evil 2 like everybody else would. I was actually expecting Death Stranding. No one, Everyone's like, Death Stranding won't win. I'm like, it's a Hideo Kojima game. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah, it, it already made the nomination. So I was expecting either that or Resident Evil 2. Like, I was expecting Death Stranding to take a lot more awards. But the game that I actually thought was Game of the Year didn't get nominated. What game would that be? Outer Wilds. Oh, oh you mean Outer Worlds? No. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. Oh, I there thought is, it was Outer Worlds. There is an Outer Worlds. That's the one I'm thinking about. But Outer, Outer Worlds, Worlds is the oh, is okay. the uh, is the Obsidian RPG from Microsoft. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is a. How do I explain this game without spoiling the absolute shit out of it? You can just go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> no, James. No. I got to experience it for myself. It, All right. Oh, also, if I spoiled it, I don't know if it makes sense. So you're an alien, and um, all little, right, I'm sold. You're this <laughs> cute. You're this cute. Alien. You can get it on PC. It's like fifteen bucks. Um, it, oh, it, shit. Also, right, if you have right. Game Pass, it's free. Um, that's how I played it. It's um, you're an alien. Also, you might be able to get it on the Epic Game Store for free. Um, you're an alien, and um, the planet that you're on. Space travel has become like trivial, mm-hmm. like incredible. Like they make it out of wood and shit. And your jo- your job is to go just explore. You're an explorer, and it's like really cutesy and fun. You're like, yeah, it's all first person and it's really cute and everything. And then all of a sudden, it's not so cutesy anymore. It's like, what the fuck is this? Is this a a mystery? What's going on? And you start reading, and you start reading, and then, oh my god, oh my god. All I can tell you is there's going to be shit that you're going to be real confused as to what to do and you're going to have to look stuff up. And I implore you, if you need to look something up, be very specific of what you need to look up. And if you go and watch a video, only watch to the part where it answers your question and then fucking exit out of that window. I am not even remotely kidding when I say that you need to experience this. There is no other video game that I've played in my entire life, and I mean this, that has ever made me feel the way this game will make you feel. Mm. And it does it in such a deviously smart way. It is is the greatest game of this year. And it won some Game of the Awards years, but Game of the the Year awards, but I I really thought it was going to win, be nominated at least, and it didn't. And a lot of the things it was nominated in, it got beat by Disco Elysium, which I hear is amazing. Um, which is like a D&D game, but... So it's got like D&D rules, but it's like modern. But you can do kind of everything in it. So if hmm. you ever get a gun, every time you pull out your gun, there's an option to put it in your mouth. So if you just what? wanted to, you could just kill yourself. 
All right, apparent, uh, so I was I was listening to a guy. Uh, he was playing it, and apparently he wasn't paying attention because there's a lot of text and dialogue and stuff. And he wasn't paying attention, and he was just trying to get. He was hyper focused on something. He's trying to get one thing, and he wasn't paying attention to what he was like listening to or agreeing to. And all of a sudden, it popped up on a screen. It said "Advanced Race Theory Learned." And he goes, "What the fuck does that mean?" And he had accidentally become a white supremacist. He did. He was talking to a homeless man who convinced him that of white supremacy, and he was just trying to get like this one item. He's like, "Oh God damn it!" <laughs> and it, and it's like, and he had to restart everything. And uh, and the the options in this game are crazy. Like you could do pretty much anything. It's 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 so fucking stupid. Like, uh, I, I want to play it. I want to play it so bad. I've only seen videos of it, but I want to play it so bad. Um, but yeah, that, that kept beating, uh, um, the Outer Wilds and the Outer Wilds is amazing. It, it's great. I'll be sure to give it a shot when I get the chance. It's not that long. It's only as long as you make it. Okay. So I'm going to tell you something already. When you get off the planet for the first time, you're gonna find you're you will you will know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to mystery in about twenty two minutes. Hmm. Interesting. Something will happen and you will go, What the fuck just happened? And then it'll happen again. <laughs> it should all- be like speaking about video games. We should like talk about some of our favorite games from like the last decade. Last decade? Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> At least some of them. For me, uh, one of my favorite games. I'll talk about two of them. Are you can talk about one Overwatch now. No, I'm not going to talk about Overwatch. I mean, that is one of my favorite games of the last decade, but not within my top five. It ain't in my top thirty. <laughs> That's okay. Fuck Blizzard. But even then, I didn't like the game. <laughs> and I'm the first-person shooter but, guy. Yeah, but anyways, like two games I actually do want to talk about that I still really, really love are Alien Isolation and Undertale. I just downloaded that on the Switch, Alien Isolation. Oh, the, I, I, I know that the Alien Isolation port on the Switch is the, the best Switch. It looks great. It, it, it looks, it still it looks, I, I heard it looks even better than it does on a PS4. Yeah, that's what the Jim Quisition said. Yeah. He said they don't the, know how they the did actually, it. Yeah, oh, the, the, it was basically like a lot of like a lot of graphical tweaks they had to do. Like some some of the stuff did get cut down, but they also improved on some visuals. <sighs> yeah, I'm playing through that but, right now. Yeah. Oh, you'll love that game. It's such a good game. I best remember game like game of the decade. I mean, yeah. best games of the decade. Ah, fuck. Um, Spider Man. Witcher. It's Witcher three. Oh yeah, Witcher three. Witcher three is pretty good. My well, my overall game of the decade is, still has to be Undertale. I just love it so much. I haven't played it yet. Great story. Oh, you'll love it. You will love Undertale. Breath of the Wild. Like, Breath of the Wild is pretty good. Uh, there's Mario Odyssey. I put, yeah, I put that on it too. I don't get people who don't like that game. Yeah, that will go unmentioned. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. That game is pure joy. How do you not like it? What is wrong? Uh, <laughs> it's not Mario Sunshine. Zero out of ten. Fuck Mario Sunshine, man! I don't. I, 
Mario Sunshine. Mario Sunshine is just a better game. No, it's not. You are people are crazy. Look, I love Mario Sunshine. I'm not one of those people that thinks it's a bad game. I I don't understand how it's better than Super Mario Odyssey because it's not. I find I, just, I find I like Mario Sunshine too. It's just like so strenuous. Which is why I'm so happy when it when it came to Galaxy and Galaxy Two was like so, so much more fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll see an argument for Galaxy over Odyssey, but Sunshine? <laughs> That's the hill we're gonna die on? <laughs> That's like going Super Mario 2 is the best platformer and then go get out. <laughs> Mar no, Mario 2, Mario Madness, which is like a little literal reskin of Doki Doki Panic. That's what I'm talking about, Super Mario 2. Yeah. But I love the music in the in Mario It's 2. a good game. It's not a bad game. I I really wish that you know what I actually do wish like Mario Maker would actually like put in like the Mario Two assets into that. Game. Oh no, fuck it. That's when you go like the lost levels are the best, and then I say you leave. You get to leave. You can nah, never lost come levels back. Levels is impossible to play. I'm fucking. I can stupid. never play lost levels. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. So I I have never had that much joy playing a video game my entire life than playing Super Mario Odyssey, which is why it was my game of the year. It edged out Breath of the Wild because. Mm. It made me forget about everything, and it and I was so invested in the game, and I loved it. It's so good. Um, the Halo Four come out in this decade. Uh, <laughs> the Halo Four. Oh man. Well, sure as hell ain't Halo Five. Um, it's kind of easy to forget that Bungie is doing other stuff other than Destiny 2. Well, shit, it, it sure as hell ain't going to be Destiny or Destiny 2. <laughs> Halo 4 man, wasn't, the, wasn't Bungie. The is, it, is the Master Chief Collection already out? I, I need to get that. Yeah. Master Chief oh, Collection's been that. out need, for a long-ass time. I need, to get, I need to remind myself to get that come summer sale. You know, if you just got Game Pass... You have the Master Chief Collection. We don't, we, we don't have Game Pass here. What the fuck is wrong with you people? God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have Game Pass? No. I gotta leave. That's we, don't have, we, don't have, we don't have GameStop here either. Who gives a shit about GameStop? GameStop's a Texas I mean, company. just like... <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have all like those like fancy like uh, gaming stores you Americans have. Game Pass isn't a gaming store. I know, I know. It's a, it's a service thing, but we don't have that here. We don't have access to that here. Y'all have? Do y'all have the Xbox? Yeah. Then how the fuck do y'all not have Game Pass? It's not. Uh, it's, it's like region specific, I believe. You don't. Have, we don't have access to the Game Pass here. You have Xbox Singapore. Live, but you don't have Game Pass. Nope. That's... From last time I checked, nope. That's stupid. Yeah, because I remember uh, reading up uh, like a competition for like winning a special kind of uh, Xbox One from uh, from Frontier Developments when they're doing a Jurassic World contest. I saw uh, Xbox Live is able to be accessed here, but not uh, Xbox Pass. Like, that is literally what I read. Huh. Well, what you weird. read was wrong. Because I'm looking at it right now. Really? I can, you can see Microsoft.com, Singapore. I mean, like, I mean, I know Xbox Live you can access here, but not Pass. Nope. Xbox Game Pass for console, Singapore. Oh. 
fourteen ninety oh, really? a month Singapore dollars. Fourteen nine. Oh, that's quite expensive to pay fourteen bucks a month. But for games for free, though. Uh, I There's mean, I'm still hundreds like... of video games. Hundreds. You okay? You realize? And and well, by the way, all the exclusives come out. With Steam. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I, you realize that if you play just one game a month on this, it is literally worth it. Just one. Mm-hmm, sure. But I don't have an Xbox, is the thing. It's also available on PC. Oh, really? Uh, I better start looking into it. That's then. how you would get the Ma- Ma- Master Chief Collection. Now, yeah, I, I don't know it. if the PC version is available in Singapore. I don't know. But it's also available, oh, it's available on PC. Here. It's available here. It's available on Steam here. What's well, available on Steam here too, but if you go through Game Pass, you can get it instead of having to pay sixty bucks for it. It's not sixty dollars here. It's only like what thirty-five. Okay, whatever <laughs> the fuck the exchange rate is, instead of having to pay that, <laughs> you pay fifteen bucks, and then there you go. Then you could play. To, then you can. Then now you can, Not only could you play that, you could play that. The Outer Wilds, Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon, Gears of War Five. Nah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip on Sea of Thieves. I'm not a fan of that. No. Sea well, of yeah. Thieves. I'll, I'll, sea of Thieves is great. Nah, I'm not a fan of pirate. It games. wasn't, and then it became great. But yeah, it's all about who you play left. with. <laughs> no, but seriously. Well, I'll, I'll 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 give it I'll give it some thought. I'll look, give it some look that shit up. They also have deals where you can get it for one dollar. So right. yeah, okay, look, okay. look, look that shit I'll, up. I'll take that into consideration because I actually want to like buy myself a Switch because oh, yeah. all the games I actually really want to play are all on the Switch. Oh yeah, Game Pass might become available on the Switch too. That's a fun thing. Uh, see, even better. Yeah, because Microsoft and Nintendo are doing some weird shit. I really want a Banjo Kazooie remake. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they did announce that Xbox Live. They did announce that Xbox Live is coming to the Switch, so anything's possible. I don't know what the fuck anything that means. I think because they have such a good relationship, they oh, please let us have a. There are two Xbox exclusives on the Switch already, so anything's possible. Mm. You got Cuphead and Ori in the Blind Forest. <coughs> I mean, like. God, I remember when uh, Sakurai actually mentioned Xbox on that Nintendo Direct, and like Xbox was actually trending in Japan. <laughs> well, they they seem to really like each other because they bonded over their hatred for Sony. <laughs> I really that's think because, I really think because, Sony uh, is is not going to do well this generation. Even with PlayStation Five and its like extreme backwards compatibility with every other past generation of PlayStation game you can play on it. Yeah, here's the PS1. thing. Here, okay, so yeah, that's cool. That's actually really cool. The Xbox 2020 has that too, and it comes with Game Pass. So day one, you have 200 games you can play. <laughs> Plus all the other games you have from the original Xbox and the 360 line. Yeah, that's uh, that's different. This, this will be a, this will be an interesting generation because this is both both big consoles are packing. Uh, you can play your entire library of games from like the past like 
two decades. Yeah, but only on one of them console. offers a service where you can just be like, here, don't say PlayStation Now because it's not the same. Only one I of them. Know, PlayStation Now is not. <laughs> only one of them offers a service where it's like day one. You want to play some video games? It's like, oh shit, okay. And no, I'm, it depends on what we have to see. And 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 let me tell you, because well, the new Halo's coming out on launch, and I haven't done that in a while. I'm excited. I, I really. When was the last time I heard a Halo game coming out on launch? It was probably like 2006. And and then and then it yeah. didn't. Halo Three was not a launch title. Yeah, I know. Neither was Gears of War. You know what was a launch title? Fucking like Metal Gear Solid Two and Silent Hill Two. Oh. I thought you meant for 360. I was like, Project Gotham Racing like, 3? <laughs> Project Gotham I played Racing shit out of that 2. game. <laughs> Dead Rising? Oh, God. I, I remember when Dead Rising 3 came out exclusively on the Xbox One. It's like, why? Well, it was exclusive on the 360. Until they yeah, made a Wii version. You could, yeah, they, yeah they, made, they later ported it to like the PS3 and the Wii for like the first two. But then uh, I don't. I don't Dead remember Rising the PS3 3 stuff, wasn't... but they did a Wii version like three years later. No, uh, that that I know. Uh, that's probably what I'm thinking about. Because the Cause I don't remember. my I don't copy remember that I had said version. only on Xbox for the longest time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Microsoft really has a good head start. But what they both need to worry about is when Nintendo releases the Super Switch and it's like, "Fuck all y'all, <laughs> we're back." <laughs> Oh man, now do I, do I buy a Switch now or do I just wait for the Super Switch? If that's even real. Now I don't know if it's real. It's but just, I a, want it it's just a rumor right now. Well, the Switch Lite was a rumor too, and that shit came out. Well, they're always going to put out like a Switch Lite because if you have like, think of it like the Nintendo DS sort of thing. You have like the 3DS, the 3DS XL, then you had the 2DS, and, the, and then later the 2DS XL. So obviously they want to do that. But for Super Switch, they also ah. did a new 3DS, so that would be in line. Oh yeah, that's what I mean—the new 3DS XL. Yes, but the new 3DS was a more powerful DS that had games yeah. that were really only playable on it. That would be the Super yeah. Switch. Please call mm. it the Super Switch, please. Oh, you might make a great launch title for the Super Switch: Metroid Prime Four. Okay, so there. Okay. Maybe we yeah, should talk about this as like the last subject before we sign off. All right. Um, so there is a rumor right now. Nintendo has yet to do their direct. Um, there was a Pokemon direct a couple days ago. That showed off the remake. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited because I've never played Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, and I really like to try it out one day. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you emulate the shit out of that. It's not that hard. It's a Game Boy yeah. Advance game. Um, yeah. But, um, no, so we don't know what Nintendo's releasing this year. They haven't, besides Animal Crossing, the only reason we know it's getting released this year is because it got delayed. Otherwise, 2020 is a clean slate. Huh. We know for a fact that Breath of the Wild 2 is a hell of a lot farther along than we thought. Because Probably won't be released until next year or the year after. No. I'm looking at the light. So, the last time Nintendo did this, they released it pretty fast. Um, that was back in the 64 days. That's when they used the same engine. Ocarina no, of Time and Majora's Mask. It was, a, it was a universal engine on a 64, so... So, they're using the same engine. The trailer we saw was in the same Breath of the Wild engine. They're going to mm -hmm. be using a similar map. They got most of the game done. 
and Nintendo does not announce shit that's far away. They announced, they just didn't have a title. They called it Breath of the Wild 2. It's coming. There's a real good chance that it comes by the end of 2020. Also, mm-hmm. it's Mario's 20th. It's Mario. No, sorry. I was going to say 25th. That's not right. It's Mario's 35th. 35th anniversary. And they haven't said mm-hmm. a damn word about Mario in a long time. And Retro's doing something since they got put on Met- yeah. back on Metroid Prime 4. But Metro, yeah, they, they have their Metroid own Prime. game. They got two games they're working on right now that they haven't said a word about. It's possible. We'll probably have to wait. We'll probably have to wait for like a Switch, uh, uh, Nintendo Direct either later, probably by like March or April, and then by E3 by June. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get everything in the January Direct, but it is possible. This the way everything is lined up. I think the only kink in this is the fact that Metroid Prime 4 had to restart development. But it's possible. Oh, it's fine. It is possible that we get a Mario, a Zelda, and a Metroid game in the same fucking year, along with an Animal Crossing and a Super Switch. So uh, this is the year of Nintendo. Like fuck everybody else. Just they. they Plus, uh, plus, retro has been Nintendo and retro has been looking at uh, re-releasing the Net Metroid Prime trilogy on the Switch as well. That's probably that. I know I've been calling this for a while, but that's going to be talked about. I've been this, calling this direct. I, that has been calling for that as well. I love to play the Prime trilogy again. Uh, that that sh- assuredly will be talked about this direct. Hopefully, apparently yeah. there might be another I mean, Metroid game they're working on, a two D one. I would love. There's I, a I lot want a of sequel shit. to actually like. I, I like a sequel to Metroid Fusion. And you know really. what else? Hmm? Bayonetta. Bayonetta three. Oh, shit. Yeah, Bayonetta three. Yeah, I think one last thing I want to talk about because there are like new details. Uh, Resident Evil three remake that I'm really, really, really excited for. Um, um, hey, ho, hey. What? Uh. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Okay. I just got a storm <laughs> warning. I thought a tornado was about to hit. Cause oh, it, just a storm. It just it shit. Okay, tornado. It, holy fucking shit. Okay. Well, folks. Where is, is it? Like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> uh, I gotta put my boots on. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna end this. this early? Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta end the podcast right now because I have right, to get well, the shelter. Everybody, well, everybody, thank you for listening to this podcast episodes. Uh, this uh, this week's episode. We hope to see you again next week. Uh, provided my friend here makes it, it survives. Online. Yeah, fucking. <laughs>